Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm your host, Darren May, and joining me as always is my co-host, Andrew Quinn. Ahoy! And we've got two very special guests lined up for you. We've got Breed Martin. How are you doing, Breed? Hi, I'm good. And we've got Scanon Chief Reviewer, uh, Geek, <laughs> sorry, Game Air, um, Editor-in-Chief, yeah. Graham Day. How are you, Graham? Hungover, but I'm happy. Uh, that's grand. I'm not going to be talking to you in a loud voice that's going to drill into your skull at all for the rest of this podcast. Not at all. But you're not you're just, just right at me. Soothing, soporific kind of, tones. Just yeah. mellow. Have a little cello out here, and we're going to do some like, nice Italian classical music to get you soothed. Valley four seasons spring. Yeah. Beautiful. We're going to spring it on you. But yes, we are here to discuss. <laughs> You parasites. I'm a bit hungover too. Nice segue. I don't nice realise how hungover I am until you make those terrible puns. <laughs> but yeah, so we're here to discuss one of the new entries on the list. Now, it's not actually a particularly new entry. This entry's been there since the 9th of September, 2019. It is... It is... Oh, Whoa. we're here to make Can make you... terrible puns, mispronounce names, and talk about parasites, and we're all out of terrible puns. <laughs> yes, it is Bong John Hoo's mm. 2019 Palm Door winning South Korean drama black comedy Parasite, uh, which is a fascinating film. On a what year? At uh, 2019. Yes. So it, 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 I, I suppose they're, they were in the mix for the Pam Dog, but that, that was. That, <laughs> but who do you give it to? That was the question. With How this do you movie. divide it up? Can you yes. have a three-way Pam Dog? Yeah. This is just Brandy. One... Brandy took it away, though. Yeah. I think. But this is this is just one of those things where we're gonna, you know, I mean, I feel like we're gonna get into that a bit later on. But yeah, this is an interesting film in many respects. The controversy. <laughs> already from the outset. But uh, this is one of the interesting kind of things to discuss, because this is, we've talked a little bit in the podcast about the list and the idea of the list becoming more kind of globalized, more diverse in terms of the, the content that it's reflecting. And it's notable that this movie appeared on the list uh, three days after its North American premiere wow. at the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, it was not in wide release in the States uh, when it actually made the list. Um, it is still releasing across the world as we're recording this. However, it has won the Palm d'Or. Um, it has been named one of the films of the year by several critic groups including the New York Times and the Irish Times. Mm. Um, it is also the LA Film Critics Circle's favourite film of 2019 as well. Uh, but it won't release over here in Ireland until February. So yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting Yay. kind of example of how kind of film is diffusing a little bit in recent years. We talked a little bit... This is just a preview from a few people who haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, so... Based on what we can make out from the trailer. From the trailer and the press releases around press the... Press releases, yeah. Around yeah. The film. But it does... It's, it's an interesting example of how the list is kind of broadening its horizons a great deal. Because again, a large number of the votes for this are coming from abroad. There's a sense of an audience that has devoured this. In in South Korea, it's one of the biggest box offices In case anyone's ever. trying to switch it off and is looking for the switch button. Um... <laughs> Already unsubscribed. We did watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> to be absolutely clear, we did. Um, so, to join us for this discussion, we asked Graham, who's discussed um, some South Korean cinema with us before, in particular yep. The Handmaiden, mm-hmm. um, and we asked Reed as well. So, guys, what would you what do you make of Parasite? Very broadly, before we kind of go into the s'mores, before we talk about any more death, because this is, I suspect a movie that can be spoiled. We've talked about in the podcast, but sometimes we don't need the divide between a spoiler zone and, you know, a broad discussion beforehand. But I think this is something that may be good to see blind. Yeah. You definitely need that, I think. Um, you, there's a very fine line between talking about the film and the spoilers for it. It's funny how they talk about, you know, people crossing the line, you know, uh, and that in the film. 
this you need to really watch out for spoilers <laughs> when you cross that line because when you do, there's no going back. Yeah, no, it is because it's, it's an interesting film because it has been in circulation, so mm. to speak, since March. Um, it we mentioned it won the Palm Door. It won the Palm Door by a unanimous vote, which is remarkable given kind of the the kind of jury pool that you tend to have, which is usually diverse. It draws from kind of pop Hollywood cinema. So, for example, Elle Fanning was there. There's also like you've got European filmmakers like uh, Kelly Rohrbach was there, for example. You have Oscar winning directors. Uh, Alejandro uh, Inura, Inurta was the uh, thank you, Andrew, for that, for their support. <laughs> listeners can't see. Yes, there we go. Andrew, <laughs> listeners can't see Andrew willing me on uh, as we're going. But uh, the director of Birdman and the director oh, yeah, and The Revenant as well. He was head of the jury. And, you know, and obviously uh, Pavel uh, Pavlovsky, the guy who directed Cold War, which won last year. So it, it's a very diverse jury pool, yeah. but everybody seems to love it. And what's remarkable about it is that as the film's been broadening its appeal, it's been doing very well financially overseas. It's done very well in the release in the States. And it has actually managed to generate considerable mainstream chatter. People are paying attention to this film outside of the kind of people you would assume pay attention to South Korean cinema. Um, you know, outside of the people who even pay attention to Asian cinema. So if you compare it to, for example, Burning earlier in the year, um, which is a similar <laughs> South Korean film that generated a lot of buzz, but generated a lot of buzz among film fans. Reed wasn't a fan. Um, I'm not a fan of Burning either. I, am, I very much like Burning. Um, sorry, this is we're going to we're going to rain on Burning. We're going to burn deliver a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. It was just the ending, really, for me. Yeah, you liked you liked the ending of Burning. No, I liked the second half. I I love the whole thing. Okay, but um, anyway, we're, we're here <laughs> Back to discuss Back to the film right here. Yes, yeah. but the thing about Parasite is Parasite. I haven't seen it. So oh. a, very di- a very diverse. Uh, array like, of opinions on Burning. Like <laughs> yeah, it's very much like a can jury, mm, yeah. the 250 podcast. But the thing about Parasite is that Parasite actually looks like it has a very good chance of crossing over into the mainstream. Um, it was all but guaranteed to get a Best International Film Oscar nomination, and it's probably the favorite to win it at this point in time. It is pretty much guaranteed a place on the Best Picture nominees when they are announced mid-January. Really? And... And this this is what really really amazes me. Uh, Bong has no Bong has uh, no. given interviews on Jimmy Fallon in the states promoting really? the release of this movie. He's done late night talk shows. Fallon of all people. Jimmy, I know, I know. Yeah, not 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 Stephen Colbert. Not Stephen Colbert. Not, not, Stephen Colbert. not, 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 not Jimmy Kimmel. No, or not Fallon. Seth Myers. Yeah, not Fallon. yeah. Seth Myers. You'd imagine Conan. O'Brien. Yeah. Conan feels the, the like it might be a better boy, fit. The frat boy of, yeah. of talk show hosts. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, Ugh. we'll include the link in the show notes. But again, that gives you a sense of the kind of crossover yeah. that you seem to have here. Because it's worth noting that for Bong, he's coming off to relatively successful international films. Obviously, Snowpiercer, uh, mm-hmm. which he directed with an international cast. Um, he had a great deal of difficulty getting Snowpiercer made. Yep. It's great, by the way. Um, he, It's one of those things where we talk about, like when we talk about Mizaki trying to get his films distributed internationally. Because back in the old mm-hmm. days, he used to have to go through the Weinstein Company. And now, when you ask people... What happened then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's great because you ask Bong... There, there's a wonderful interview with Bong about Snowpiercer. Uh, and he's asked about what it was like dealing with the Weinstein Company. And his answer is, oh, I don't remember anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... A weird answer. <laughs> what a strange thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Wine not- who? Um, I uh, do not recall. Oh, yeah, I have no association. <laughs> it's a pretty safe stance. It so. is. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently yeah. when he was doing Snowpiercer, he had a couple of difficulties with the Weinstein Company in the same way that Maizaki had, where they wanted to edit it and cut it for international audiences. And there was a bit of arguing back and forth. 
He then went to Netflix because Netflix bought Snowpiercer. It did very well on the platform. Mm. So Netflix did what they always do in that situation, which is how would you like a big wad of cash and complete creative freedom? And he went off and he made Okja, um, which was a huge kind of success. It wasn't as big an award success as Netflix had anticipated. No. But it was for him, apparently, it was just a joy to make, to work with the cast that he worked with and to have the freedom that he did. And for the cast to have the freedom they did. Oh, absolutely. I feel like people had a lot of fun. And I think it's like, go bigger. Yeah. There was never a moment. Isn't, scene, isn't that got like the mad scene with Jake Gyllenhaal in it? Not the mad scene, just one mad scene. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it never feels like anybody working on Okja said, just rein it in a bit. Maybe temper it down. I do. I I do quite like Okja, I, and I want to eat Okja. Oh God! <laughs> like, we had this conversation. Uh, oh, did we? Yeah, yeah we sorry, did. Yeah. You're like, I like that film. I'm gonna eat that. Film. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, don't tease me like that. <laughs> make this movie with this big delicious animal. Oh, I feel like <laughs> I love I love the parasite. Not to get too spoiler, also includes a section about fetishizing kind of the objects that it's yeah. studying as well. So I feel like Andrew was a target audience for Okja. Uh, I think Burger King are going to be ahead of everybody else. <laughs> when it comes to have, delivering yeah, Okja yeah, meals, Okja Whopper. But. It's been argued that now like sponsored by Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> it's been argued that like obviously Bong did a lot of work in uh, Korean cinema before that, you know, dating back to two thousand. Memories of a Murder, Mother, uh, Memories of Mother is actually on the two fifty as well. So, uh, films like Mother, The Host uh, as well. Mm. But it's those films, those international films with casts including people like Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Evans, and Tilda Swinton that kind of brought a lot of attention to him. Which meant that when he went back to South Korea to make Parasite, because it's consciously a smaller film. Yeah. It's consciously a film with a much smaller budget um, that he was able to kind of generate the attention that he has. But do you think that this, does this look like, does this feel like a crossover hit to you watching it? Can you see this resonating? Um, does this feel like a kind of film that could be, could attract kind of mass audience attention? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's had the, the, the Jimmy Fallon bump. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's nothing stopping him now. Did, did the, Fallon ruffle yeah, his hair? He is the kingmaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the moment. It's like, did they bring Okja on and have Jimmy Fallon <laughs> oh, ruffle Okja's oh. hair? Yeah. I don't know if it'll... I, don't, I honestly don't know, because I don't know if my... Because I'm thinking of when I think of, um, you know, mass audiences, my parents and that. And I don't know if my parents would watch this and would get it, I suppose. And would like it. I actually don't know. Um, so I, I honestly, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the no, okay. uh, no camp with that. I'm not sure if it will. Like, I, I think you need to have some love of film in you. I think for this. That's interesting because uh, this has actually all just gone onto my list of things I'm going to be showing my family over really? Christmas. Yeah. Not my Your dad. dad Not my dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the rest. Um, people should know Breed's dad doesn't watch anything but westerns. And this, unfortunately, is an Eastern. It's an Eastern. Yeah. Um, but it's worth noting as well that the support for this film, the grand swell of support for this film has been absolutely incredible. Most films when they enter the 250, so for example, if you want to pick a couple of examples from recent entries, The Irishman and Marriage Story, when they enter the list, they tend to enter relatively high and drop fairly quickly. Mm. Um, what's interesting about Oakja, sorry, about Parasite, <laughs> um, what's interesting about Oakja is that it isn't on the list and we're yeah. not talking about it. Uh, but what's interesting about Parasite is that it entered at number 84 and is now the 34th best film of all wow. time, according to IMDb what? voters. Because yeah. I was going to say, 
Yeah, 2.50 <laughs> likes to make space for kind of, you know, less um, traditional Hollywood fare, but they're going to put it at the tail, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, number no. 34, yeah. Wow, that's And, that's and look incredible. at the graph there. The listeners can't see the graph, uh, but it's it's very <laughs> much... in your head. Yeah, you can imagine. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. basically and a slope a upwards. Oh, wow. on yeah, that is an impressive graph. It's, imagine it's a, Ben Bowman. Guys, guys, it's a great slope. Yeah, Doesn't you know? it look a bit like Ben Bulman? It does. Well, it, yeah, it, it, ex- ex- except maybe a bit slighter. Like, think of a Ben Bulman that's easier to climb. But yeah, so it's it's but it's quite impressive because again, not only did it It's a table mountain. What typically happens is a film breaks the list and there's a reaction against it and it drops very quickly after yeah. that point. This has actually been growing and climbing, which is remarkable. Yeah, so why are we talking about it? We're gonna to totally blow up its spot. People <laughs> <laughs> will be online saying because like our audience is massive. Yeah, and we, <laughs> we have to be very with great power comes great responsibility. We are hashtag influencers. Not yeah. influencers. In- hashtag influencers. Hashtag influencers. Um, all right then, before we because again we talked a little bit about the kind of like the film can be spoiled. So if you want to go in as blind, we're gonna breeze very quickly through the three questions. Mm. Alright? So breed. Yeah. Okay, Graham. Oh. <laughs> do you Damn think it. that parasite? That's what happens. <laughs> do you do you think that parasite belongs on a list of the two hundred and fifty greatest films ever made? Yes. Graham's eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like I'd seen a ghost inside my own house. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I really have to think about this because this film has left me feeling things. 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 Can we talk about those things or are those things spoilery? Spoilery. Oh. <laughs> I said spoilers. Yeah, we've reached, I like that we've reached the point where telling me what you think about the how film many, is a spoiler. How many hashtags did that, that person say to use like each, each, each episode? Because it's like you don't want to crowd them. No. no. So let's base them out. So we're going to introduce some more after the spoilers. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright. Um, and Breed, do you think this movie belongs to the list of the 250 greatest films ever made? Yes, I do actually. And Andrew... <laughs> So that's that's a very confident answer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Graham. Because <laughs> not confident enough for you. What you changed. You, you, you did say I, I thought things and left it hanging. And the obvious question is asked. Yeah, because you could have wanted to leave them wanting more. Okay, so Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I like this a lot. Um, it's 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 very dark. It's very funny. Um, sexy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I kind yeah. of suspect he's like. Yeah, given we talk, given we talked about Andrew watching Okja and going, I want to eat Okja. <laughs> I can see Andrew coming oh, out I'm, of Parasite and no. going, I'm really turned on. No, but also like a very sensual um, film. Oh yes, in other right. ways. yes, yeah, yeah. Very much about texture yeah, and, and yeah. kind of like senses that you can't necessarily. They aren't just about watching and listening. No, very sensual movie and 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 a gorgeous movie, mm. but but. But also kind of behind that kind of the whole catalogue sort of look to it. Oh, the Ikea the, style yeah, sort yeah. of uh, flight club style. There's also there, there's, there's also a very smelly kind of uh, grubby um, underbelly. Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and no, I, 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 I thought it was incredible. I find it difficult. I am kind of dodging the question, but I find it, I find it difficult <laughs> to are. kind of have the perspective. Yeah, well, whether it belongs in uh, after having seen it for the first time. But um, yeah, like, I, 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 yes, yes, yeah. I, 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 I do think it perhaps ought to be on the top two hundred and fifty movies of all time. Yeah, and and I'm I'm I suppose I'm not surprised that it that is kind of climbed the way it has. Mm. Yeah, and I'm actually I'm really glad to see it again. This is one of those things where I'm hesitant to declare anything a classic 
First of all, having only seen it once. Second, right. of, second yeah. of all, like without a distance of five years from it and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a great time with this movie. I had yeah. like I had a really, really I and you were sitting next to me. I was laughing quite consistently through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even even things like it's very inventive, it's very playful. It is dark and inverted commas twisted. But it is like it goes in directions that you're not from the sh- twisted mind behind Oakja. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, and Snowpiercer, <laughs> um, and the hosts. So I mean, it's not as if he doesn't really have form here. What like, is that movie from the twisted mind of Danny DeVito, <laughs> <laughs> Matilda or Hoffo? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and, and but I would agree. I think it's good to have it on there. I think it's. I think I think it's great that a film like this is breaking out in the way that it has, which is which is fantastic. Again, this is the era of kind of globalized cinema. It's great to have. Well, like we constantly on this podcast kind of complain, whether jokingly or not, about certain movies being like laboratory grown for the 250. Mm. I loved Ford versus Ferrari. But Ford right. vs. Ferrari was designed like a Ford car for the 250. Um, yeah, it's kind the of pitch nice... meeting was very different. <laughs> yeah, than the one for, for Parasite, yeah, one yeah, imagines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm very glad to see it on the 250. And I'm gr- it's great to see it climbing, to be absolutely honest. I'm 34th best movie of all time. I don't think it is personally. And we'll talk about the next yeah. question there. But it's great to see it. I'm really excited to see a movie. Because again, even stuff like something like Joker that came in at ninth is dropping quickly. Things wow. like Endgame, which came in at ninth, is currently 60-something, you know? Um, so it's good to see something that's actually moving in the opposite direction yeah. and moving quickly in that direction. So second question, Graham. Yeah. Would it be on your own personal 250? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, I might change my mind if I, uh, if I watch it a second time or there's a couple... Uh, you know, if there's distance between myself and uh, the film, but no, not the moment. Uh, again, it's all ask... because of these feelings. Okay. All because of these feelings. I think I can explain these feelings oh. in a non-spoilery way. Okay, okay. It's, Take my voice. It's actually quite straightforward. Okay, go for it, babe. You're not a big fan of dark humor. I am a total big fan of dark you humor. You really aren't. Yes, I am. Historically, anytime we've watched a kind of more darker name, name comedy. One. You're going to go Groundhog Day, aren't you? No. I, Wait, I, I wasn't, actually. Groundhog Day is a dark comedy. I found Groundhog Day like, super he dark. He did find it too dark. Too yeah. dark. I, I mean, Groundhog Day Groundhog has an edge. Day. Groundhog Day has an edge, but yeah. it's not like I... Well, okay, I so what's the, what's, the, what's the example? Um. We should clarify for listeners that Breed and Graham live together. Just to write some context <laughs> for this We're conversation. Um, um, what we did in our summer holidays. You found that far too dark. Also, it was a bad film. A lot of people would disagree. I don't think so. I think David Tennant, David Tennant, and Rosamund Pike are like. I'm really glad that that was only a film, and uh, people have forgotten about it. But the real reason you didn't like it is the dark. It's a bad film. Oh, he ranted about those children for quite some time. They were scary children. Okay. People who've seen that film will know what I mean. Listen, they do. Some so this, up listeners can assume that Parasite this, may contain some scary children. Listen, no. <laughs> listeners can decide, like which uh, who who's Both right, the polls, who's guys. wrong. Hashtag Graham is yeah. right. Hashtag, hashtag Breed is wrong. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 Graham! You're not weird? allowed name hashtag. <laughs> Let's just get something straight, okay? We are the host. <laughs> Uh, Have some decorum. <laughs> yeah. uh, that said, I do think we found our guest for marriage over story. Stepped over the line, uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we have our guest for marriage story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, watched it yet. And quest, question: What Andrew likes to call question two B? Then, so it, if this it wouldn't make your own person two fifty, what about uh, what about Bong? In, what, what about Bong in, in the general sense as a director? Um, I actually haven't seen much of uh, Bong's work. 
I know of the host and I, uh, I'm i fascinated uh, about it because I know what it's about yeah. and I really want to watch it but I've never gotten around to it. Snowpiercer is pretty much the same thing. I have heard great things about it. Uh, it's on Netflix now so I really should get around to it. But yeah, I've never... Wa- I, uh, I've known... I've been in his kind of stratosphere. I've known of Bong's work uh, but I've just never seen any of his films weirdly. So you're no. not a member of the Bong Hive. Hashtag Bong Hive. <laughs> Oh, is that um, how this is That's done? what they're called. Oh, that's, like what they're, that's what they're called. Like that's what they're, uh, they're... They are the... No, no, that's not me inventing a term. Oh, you're not... They actually call <laughs> themselves... Really? They, actually, they actually call themselves the bong hive. Existing bong hive. But yeah. Um, we're giving uh, them a single boot. We are giving them a single boot. But yeah, I know I haven't... Uh, I haven't watched enough of his films, but I, I want to. That's, that's yeah. that, I'll, say, I'll say that. And after watching this, yeah, I want to watch them even more. I think Netflix should do a thing where uh, they they will they'll just limit their their library to five movies every <laughs> now and then. So you mean to give you time to see them? So you mean a movie do that? Where a movie have like a film is only on movie for thirty days, so there's only ever thirty films on it. Ah, ah. So you watch a film ah. a day. So yeah. it's perfect for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that would be enough? <laughs> Uh, would I start to starve a little bit? Yeah. Uh, but Breed, what about you? Would this be on your own personal 250? I think it would, actually. Um, it's, it's exactly the kind of film that I genuinely enjoy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And uh, have you have any experience with Bong? A there? little, um, but similar to Graham, I would definitely like to see more based on this. Um, I should I should be clear here as well. I'm also not a Bong expert. All I've seen is yeah. uh, the host uh, and obviously Oak Chen Snowpiercer. Um, yeah. So I don't. So I haven't seen. seen I ha- no, but I haven't seen Memories of a Murder. I haven't seen Mother. Oh. I haven't seen any of his early stuff either as well. Um, yeah. So I haven't. I would not call myself an expert. To be clear. And Andrew, um, what about yourself? Would this be on your own personal two fifty? Um. I yeah. I I'd, I'd, I'd almost say it would be it would be more likely to kind of be on my own personal two fifty than 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 for me to unqualifiedly kind of. Yeah. Sorry. To explain, there's a slight issue with ice. That's grand. I'm gonna cut it anyway. That's why I wasn't talking. Sorry. Sorry. I do. I'm sorry, Grant. No. Um. No, I'd say I'd say this would be more likely to be on my own personal two fifty than than for me to recommend it for the two fifty per se. Like I'd, I I'm surprised that it's gotten so high under two fifty. But yeah, mm-hmm. if I were to make my own list, it's definitely like I definitely want weird movies like this. That <laughs> you can just, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of wondering if it's lack of wide release is part of the reason why it's made it as far as it has. Because I'm looking at the list at the moment, and there's a decent chance of the lighthouse making the list at the moment while it's working the festival circuit. And um, and then there'll be a whole load of people who are like, um, who, yeah, who 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 go to COVID. see it because there's beer there <laughs> and comfortable seats. Yeah, they were like, what is this? <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. But, but I I don't know if there will or not though because uh, people who watch movies, people who watch um, like I'm going to generalize a bit here, but fans of Korean cinema <laughs> should yeah. probably know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, it 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 it. it Things just tend to come uh, uh, um, from 
the stuff that I've seen from Korean cinema tends to be very left field yeah. um, and very subversive. Yeah. It makes me wonder about the kinds of things that bubble underneath the surface <laughs> of what is ostensibly a very kind of... Relatively know, stable and calm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, where, everybody, uh, where you keep people in, in, in school for like uh, more kind of months of the year and more hours of the day and they've got these very high kind of school grades. Yeah. And what effect is that having kind of on, on the, the subconscious? The yeah, yeah. Which is, is, is it kind of pushing the creative um, kind of spark to to, to darker to the places, edges. Kind of yeah. sublimating almost? Kind I'm of. always in when I'm look when I know I'm seeing a Korean film, I'm excited. Yeah. I am always excited. I don't think I've ever been let down yeah. by one, um, regardless of where it comes from, regardless of who it comes from. Um, I might not be. A, I might only be a passing fan of uh, Bong, but there are tons of directors from South Korea that's continually surprise and interest me whenever they release. We something. talked about the handmaiden. We exactly. raved about the exactly. handmaiden. That's it. Yeah. Um, I was about to say actually just while we're mentioning South Korean cinema, it's probably worth giving it a plug here. I wasn't going to mention it later on. Um, the South Korean Film Archive have actually put up a hundred and ten South Korean films celebrating a century of cinema from nineteen thirty. Um, it isn't really a century, but I'm not complaining. But they put them up on their YouTube channel mm. where you can watch wow. them with subtitles for free in high definition. Wow. We'll be including that link that in our awesome. show notes. It's amazing. That, so that, that includes movies made during the occupation as yeah. well. Um, one of them that we'll single out in particular because it may or may not be relevant to the themes of the movie we're about to discuss is, uh, is, the, ha- is the Housemaid. Uh, which is a film that uh, Bong has cited as a major influence on this. In fact, he actually recorded an introduction for the Criterion release of it a couple of years ago. Uh, but it is available on YouTube in its entirety um, mm. for free. So we'll be including that in our show notes as well. And that, I think, was made because that is 50 years old. So that would about line up, right? When is this coming out? Um, this will be arriving in January 2020. Yeah, so this is our our um, uh, spring s- spring of 1930. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Um, all right then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, um, and then so uh, for my own personal 250. By the maybe. way, we're recording in 2020. Yeah, it's to be absolutely clear. It's great so far, aren't they? Yeah, they're roaring. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, for my own personal 250, actually, maybe I, this is probably my favorite of the, the Bong films I've seen so far. Bong has always been a director, and again, I say that having only seen three of his films, where his enough, I think. ideas have always intrigued me. And his execution has always been interesting, but the, this is the first one that really, really clicked for me. Like, I liked Okja, I liked Snowpiercer, I liked The Host, but there was something there that it, where it didn't all... You know, when, when you're watching a film, it's almost impossible to describe everything clicking into place and working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, I felt it watching this. Yeah, you also made sounds that were clearly like, ha 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 ha! <laughs> that's, that's the sound that Darren's brain makes when, when it assembles the Rubik's Cube yeah. that is a director's When we're watching stuff. the film and, and, a, and a particular scene happens and we both looked at each other and went, ha ha ha! It's I mean, an it's intricate a... film, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. But, it, but, it, but it's also kind of, it starts very kind of um, uh, uh, gently. Yes. 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 It's, it's simplistic and then it kind of expands and then it, it expands yeah. it becomes more yeah. intricate and it because yeah because because the even the kind of um setting where it begins it's very kind of um contained mm-hmm. yeah yeah in a very literal sense i mean we'll talk about the development of the film um in in the spoiler zone because i think it's very much tied to the geography of the mm-hmm. film um to a certain extent but yeah i can i can see this making my own 250 mm-hmm. in a couple of years um and then final question is and i suspect we may know the answer to this but graham yeah I like the intense eye contact. <laughs> um, 
There will be a test afterwards. Um, if you, by the way, can I record an alternate? Twenties <laughs> um, are terrible so far. Aren't they? <laughs> Some really sad stuff. Our, our thoughts and prayers. Um, <laughs> you could look back on this. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Graham. Yeah. So, so Graham, I noticed that when I asked you the last question, you hesitated. You skipped it, and you wanted to come back. You got to vigor. Attack it with vigor. All right. <laughs> so, would you recommend that people, if they get the opportunity, watch Parasite. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like even... You... <laughs> that was bigger. I like that. That was... Was that bigger? Yeah, it was no bigger. bigger. <laughs> it killed Braid. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Even if... Like, it's something to experience because I think it's one of those films that you need to... Like, word of mouth is great and all, but you need to see it yourself because I think people will get lots of different things out of this film. And... It, yeah. Just, yeah. I think everyone should see it. I don't know if everyone will... But I would always recommend it to someone. And, yeah. And breathe. Yeah. Okay, and Andrew. <laughs> no bigger there. Straightforward. No, that was very vigorous. That was, that was confident and assertive. Like, her pulse never wavered. Yeah. Striking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Strike the jungle. So, Andrew. What? <laughs> <laughs> Same question. Would I recommend it? Yes. <laughs> that was really not clear. <laughs> Um, no, just two people previously <laughs> answered it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Th- yeah. Th- thank you, Andrew. Yeah, I would. I mean, um, I'm not certain that it is going to break through to the the kind of the swathe of people who still watch the Late Late Show or, yeah. <laughs> or the Jimmy Fallon. It was like inexplicable kind of um, huge pop cultural kind of um, monuments. Monuments, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know about it. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, like whether, 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 I, I'd say I would hope it's already kind of reached its audience. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and maybe um, I don't know. If people are listening to this, <laughs> then, then yeah, I, I, I guess anyone who hears the sound of my voice can, <laughs> if you've listened this far. Yeah, this then, movie's probably for you. Yeah, 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 exactly. I like that. If you, I like that pitch. It's like if you like the two fifty, you'll like. And I'll, if you haven't seen it. Go watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and 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 pause this because um, it is worth seeing blind in particular. Yeah. It's, it's and then, very... but the, like, don't delete your cookies or your app data because then you won't be able to find this. You'll have to like subscribe again. <laughs> and skip around. Yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on, you don't unsubscribe. You pause. <laughs> <laughs> pause the podcast. Yes. I have a big problem with my. With, but I, I'm going to give a reverse plug in the in the, in oh the section. An unplugging. Um, all right then, join us on the other side. Well, what about yourself? Yeah, Darren. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, unqualified recommendation. It's great. It is one of the best films I've seen this year, and it's amazing to be able to say that on first viewing. I think I'm it wasn't not a in- great year though. Was I it? thought it was. Uh, a, yeah. Actually, you know where to look. It was a terrible year for blockbusters. Yeah, absolutely terrible, year, terrible for year for blockbusters. But yeah. a good look, a uh, good year, I think, on the fringes. Yeah. So if you were looking at stuff like, say, um, the awards fair, the stuff that was on Netflix, so mm. the Irishman, uh, Once Prime in Hollywood, mm. stuff like even Indian cinema, like The Man Who Feels No Pain, Knives Out, which didn't make the list. All those sort of films are really great. The favorite, even earlier in the year. Like I think that there is great cinema out there. It's just not anchoring the conversation the way that it would in a year where that cinema was say either blockbuster cinema or yeah. films that won the best picture oscar um as opposed to this year where it's been an unfortunate situation where the films that were leading the best picture race with the exception of roma were probably pretty straightforward oscar picks and the films that we came out of that into the blockbuster season were not great 
No. This was a year where, de- and I, and I like Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Woo! but this this was a year where Pokemon Detective Pikachu Woo! was one of the best blockbusters of Woo! the year. Yeah. So it's maybe well not deserved. a flag- maybe not a flagship year. And I liked Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> On the other side of the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. So breed. Yes. What is Parasite about for you? Graham, what are you doing? (laughs) I think I'm over here. Um, I think one of the best things probably is you have no idea where this film is going when you start. You, even if you, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at predicting where films are going to turn out. But even halfway through this, I was like, I do not know how this is going to end. Genuinely. And I love that. I love when they can actually give me a film and I can't tell what's going to happen. But not, not only not only that, right? Because again, this is the thing where myself and Andrew talk about this, where it's like, Andrew has maybe suggested that myself and some other film critics have seen too many movies and therefore can like <laughs> predict how films are going to go. But yeah, I mean the whole thing with Jason, like able to predict a whole thing. Yeah, but yeah. I mean the, the the you're right that there's no way to predict where it's going. But that's that's just half of I think what makes it great. What, what's mm. also great is that while that's entirely true, where it goes makes complete sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is kind of and that's a yeah. incredible trick to pull to manage both of those yeah. and to balance that at the same time yeah. is quite impressive. Because yeah. there there's there's this kind of um, because in in. In the movie, they build this kind of lie and you know, and, and then they just keep making the lie bigger and bigger. And you know that, that the that the kind of the climax in the movie is going to be the undoing yeah. of the lie. Yeah. Of the lie. <laughs> in <laughs> what way? No um, idea that it's going to go in... shade ways done before. Yeah. Like, so it's uh, like, oh, it's going to be... Even like uh, uh, watching uh, The Handmaiden or, or, or stuff like um, The Talented Mr. Ripley mm. or... Um, or even um, uh, the Great Gatsby, like stuff, stuff like that. The the the, the story of of some um, imposter, yeah. and them kind of con- uh, infiltrating kind of a higher social strata, yeah, inevitably yeah. ends with kind of the, the reveal and the collapse of that. Um, exactly, and I mean that does happen here, but not in the way that no. anybody I think could predict in a reasonable. No, way. And, and the same with uh, again another Korean film, The Handmaid. That went yeah. ways that we didn't expect. That was that was what made it so great. I, I wonder is it because of our our, our people in um, Korea and Asia are they expanding stories that maybe haven't been told uh, before? Because I, I've always found that I'm always surprised when it comes to one of their, their films, even when they're doing something that we have seen done before, time and time again, they still always find a way to trick us, surprise us, terrify us, uh, and that's kind of how I felt throughout this entire film. What's kind of interesting, what's interesting, what's been argued is like one of the keys to the success of Parasite is that it works. And again, this is a cliche that is entirely appropriate for the film we're talking about, that it works on two levels, um, <laughs> both above ground and underground. But no, that it works. Um, it works very specifically for Korean audiences in a Korean context. And there are references that only Korean audiences will understand. So for example, the Taiwanese cake shop, which Mm. keeps being mentioned. What actually happened was that was a fad following the uh, Great Recession in South Korea, where workers who were laid off would typically pool their money together and open Taiwanese cake shops. And those cake shops performed relatively well for a little while. 
and then all collapsed almost simultaneously around 2012. They're like head shops. <laughs> <laughs> you remember them? Yes. Can we make some law against that? <laughs> we can't have those Taiwanese cake shops. Yeah, no, like I remember people go in and buy these little bags of uh, spices oh, yes. and, it's like, and they'd have like little writing on it. Do not smoke this. We are not insinuating that Taiwanese cake is... Uh, <laughs> Any sort of well, I don't know. It kind of sounds it. It does sound a it little. It kind of sounds it. Um, but um, <laughs> but little, little Lucy got monged out of her tree on cake. <laughs> well, we are talking. Yeah, we are talking about a bong movie. My God, there. these Taiwanese cakes out of this world. But I mean, you know, we'll talk about things like, for example, um, last year the country's president. Uh, and apologies for this. Park Gun Hai was impeached over accusations of briberies. Uh, center to his ouster was the revelation that she'd worked with. Uh, Chu Sun Sil, who was convicted of conspiring with university officials and professors to help her daughter get high marks despite rarely attending lectures and assignments. So, for example, it's been suggested that, like, the fake college credentials in the movie resonated with audiences along those lines. The idea of kind of children getting the kind of additional tutoring in order to fake their grades despite not being particularly skilled or adept. Um, but it's even things like... Um, um, in another scene in Parasite, the wealthy father recoils from the stench of an impoverished man yeah. who is his loyal supporter. This may be a reference to the impeached president who was seen on TV news hiding her hands behind her back when a supporter from an impoverished background reached out to shake her hand. The incident went viral in South Korea. So there's a sense in which those references exist for Korean audiences, but also the film itself speaks more, arguably more universally to kind of a general trend that we've seen in cinema of this kind of like anxiety over class and wealth yeah. and the vibe between the two. I mean, Joker made the list earlier this year but even if you want to pick other examples films like Knives Out well uh, it's, it's very relatable I yeah. mean we we all know kind of how, yeah, how uncomfortable it is when a poor person tries to kind of like approach and I'm shake your hand and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, is that I, why you don't shake my hand <laughs> 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 um, but, but yeah but I mean um the argument is that it is it is a very specifically kind of mm. Korean thing. And it's worth knowing that Korean cinema is going through its own sort of like... It, Korean cinema has its own obsession with this. And I'm going to mention this because this sounds like the most amazing movie ever. Mm. The biggest movie um, in Korean cinema last year uh, was called Extreme Job uh, from director Lee byung Hyun, uh, which centered... And I love this. Centered on a team of broke police officers who opened a fried chicken restaurant as part of a sting operation to catch Sounds drug amazing. dealers. Oh, it gets God, better. I want to watch this. It gets better. Uh, the restaurant becomes a booming success and the officers quickly become distracted by their lucrative side Oh my hustle. God, I want to watch this. <laughs> yes, we are definitely watching that. So that's called Extreme Job. Um, awesome. I very much want to seek that out now. I love the focus on education as well because the, the, the funny thing about... Um, education and the way it's done in the Far East, and I'm talking about uh, Japan, South Korea and China is that the West are starting to, well they're not starting they've, they've, they've been trying to kind of follow suit for years and years and a lot of kind of like education policy makers are, are taking are, inspiration from. Exactly, yeah and there, um, there's a big focus on um, summer learning laws, you know, where, 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 oh, where, where you're kids off go for away. Oh, where you're off Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of forget, and is it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. And they find that upper class children tend to suffer less from learning loss than working class children. Yeah. And the, there, there's a real effort to, in, in some quarters, to increase um, the school hours. And to increase the, the the amount of time that kids spend spend in school, and more of a focus, I think, even from us being in school, 
um, we will recall this, but more of a focus on standardized tests yeah. in college yeah. places. Oh, in particular, yeah, yeah. yeah. In recent where, years, yeah. where you talk to people and they're and they're um, they're thinking kind of like, well, how, why, why was this such a focus when like so and so was probably the uh, it would have been perfect to go into a trade. And uh, but it, it, it that didn't really fit into the system or, yeah. or what was kind of like socially expected or what the school was wanted pushing from, and how, how yeah. the school be graded on curves as yeah. well for delivering with regard to that student yeah. exactly and um and we're 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 I think we're going more in that direction but you look at the kind of effect that that has on children and on the adults that they become and they're kind of incapable of independent thought um creativity. They're, they're, um, you just become very kind of stamped down yeah. when you when you spend all your time in these in these kind of educational institutions that were made for the industrial revolution yeah. that are entirely unfit for a purpose in the twenty first century kind of knowledge economy. Yeah. Um, you come out as a factory assembled exactly, kind of yeah, worker, yeah. Sort of, as opposed to a fully formed person. If that makes sense, that sounds really harsh. But you yeah, know, but you know. but but I I imagine that the the that kind of theme of education really kind of speaks to. Um, uh, the people of Korea, and 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 um, and I I I think it's going to speak to people here as well, because because be 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 because of the um, the 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 kind of um, schoolification that's happened here, because we kind of um exported these ideas and then they came back stronger and yeah. kind of um, <laughs> and then we end up adapting yeah, what's, yeah. An, what's an adaptation of ours and ends yeah. up kind of rather than diluting it, it ends up more concentrated to yeah. Extent. I mean it's. I'm wary of kind of generalizing too much, so I'm going to cite a source on this one. Um, so this is not my view. I'm not an expert in the matter, but this has been observed. Um, Thessalé Lafarce, writing for the um, New York Times, uh, made the observation that from her understanding or her appreciation of East Asian culture, and she talks about like Japanese cinema as well as Korean cinema and Chinese cinema, um, she talks about how there's, in recent years, um, in the past couple of decades, she seems to have seen an emergence of this idea of kind of a simmering rage uh, beneath a kind of a, a kind of a polished mm. class exterior. And she cites, for example, everything from kind of, you know, uh, Old Boy to uh, to Ringu and, and kind of films along those lines. Um, and the idea that she sees these as in the context of kind of Eastern cinema, a kind of a reaction against Confucian, uh, Confucianism. Um, the kind of the philosophy of kind of like politeness and the philosophy of kind of like, you know, sort of stoicism to a certain extent. And the idea that like what you're seeing at the moment is a reaction against the idea that you just constantly kind of repress, not repress, repress is a strong word, but that you react to everything the world throws at you in a dignified and restrained manner. Yeah, yeah there, um, there because- is, there's a lot of kind of overlap between kind of Taoism and stoicism. I think there, there's, there's, there's that... Um... Was it? Is it? Um, is it Tim Ferriss or somebody has compiled a an, an edition called the Tao of Seneca? Um, I don't know actually. Yeah, where where they they, they um, where they're placing kind of um, Seneca's writings in the context of 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 Taoism, which obviously is different to Confucianism, but there's a lot of kind of um, there's a lot of interaction in like it's not like here yeah. where you, where um, where you have say. Catholics and then you have Protestants. Yeah. There, there's more in when it when it comes to Confucianism and Taoism. There, there's generally um, at least at least found in 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 Japan. I'm not sure in China, but um, 
that there that there was um kind of a diversity in the in the in the way people worshipped like that 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 there wasn't the same kind of exclusivity we have here in okay, terms of clear kind of, boundaries yeah and yeah definition yeah between and groups they, 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 they could, they, kind of you 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 could have kind of um shinto um temples and kind of um uh, taoist and confucianist and i'm not an expert but <laughs> but but then i it was something that i found striking was that it kind of like people would go on a kind of a pilgrimage but to more than one yeah. Um, so it, it, place. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost like the um, what's her name? Uh, was it Isabella Marcus had um, uh, shrines? I, 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 I know that's a very different different part of the world, but she apparently had shrines to all the major religions in <laughs> hedging in, your bets in yeah. her garden. This <laughs> and inside the house was all the shoes. Um, um, but there is a there's apparently a Korean word which is Han. I don't know if we're pronouncing that like Lando Calrissian or not. Uh, but it's been used to describe the violence in, in Asian cinema. The word doesn't have an English equivalent, but encompasses feelings such as <clears throat> suffering, anger, resignation, grief, pain, longing, and revenge. The term became popular in the 1970s as Koreans advocated for a kind of cultural authenticity as well. And it's been suggested that in the Korean cinema and in films like Parasite is cited specifically as an example of this, that there's this argument that the violence that happens in the film isn't, is a form of catharsis, but also a form of expression of all of this kind of simmered and buttoned down stuff. And I mean, like we're going to talk about it. I suppose we said we're going to talk about, it, we're going to talk about it now the literal suppression in this film, you have characters who are living underground characters are living halfway between the ground and the basement and characters were living deep deep underground and the idea that violence is what happens when somebody who has been kept underground and buried and repressed for so long comes up and drags themselves to the surface that inevitably the emotion that's going to come with that is going to be kind of aggression or a rage or anger and again it's worth noting that this is not you know, a specifically Korean kind of sentiment at the moment. This exists in the context of films like Joker, which has a similar sort of arguably kind of class resentment sort of thing bubbling through it as well. The climax of Joker unfolding against the backdrop of a kind of a, you know, an eat the rich movement as well. And I mean, you could arguably... There's much, much less of a kind of a culture of, of, of dignity. And oh, yeah, in of, the um, West. In, 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 in the West, yeah. or of kind of stoicism. stoicism. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, it's I like everyone wants to be loud. That, that's sorry, a, sorry a, for cutting across you, yeah. Darren. But go, go, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's a very fair. No, point. but it's very interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. Um, I wonder who on this podcast is the most Western of all of us. Um, it is me, listeners. It is me. Um, but no, I, I found that kind of interesting in terms of its its portrayal of violence. But do we think that there is a kind of is it a general trend and is there like Graham? You were saying that it kind of it there is something unique about kind of Korean cinemas that you've seen, and it, it, you're entirely right, by the way. Think of burning. Burning deals with many of the same anxieties and same stresses. It's a similar class thing, but it's also an expression of kind of rage and violence. The burning of the greenhouse, for example. Yeah. This is the spoiler zone for all movies, but don't worry. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you have no context for it. But the burning of greenhouses uh, yeah. as an expression of that sort of desire to just burn something in order to express the anger that you have inside of you that's been kind of simmered away and repressed and sort of boiled down. But do you think that it... like? Is it arguable that kind of films like, say, Burning and Parasite are maybe crossing over because there's a resonance uh, with what's happening kind of in broader cinema I in mean, those you films? You can definitely like... see it in the sense that it's a topic that is that is universal. Yeah, it's worldwide. It's not just happening in Korea. It's not just happening even here in Ireland. It's happening all across the world. Um, and so these directors like Bong are just they're they're clearly angry as well. 
And so they, they're interpreting all that anger out through their art and their stories and their characters. And you can feel it in the film, especially in the, I really felt it in the, I'd have to say the third act is when I felt it the most because in the first two, when this family of con artists, actors, um, is is doing this to this family you in my sense i felt bad for the family and then the third act happens and i'm like oh i don't like this family i don't like what this family represents and you see and it was the turn and the music and how the father felt and like you could see you could almost feel him tightening his hands as the scenes are going on in the third act where he's where they're under that table and the the, they're talking uh, about they're discussing the smell the smell the of smell, radishes the smell, the second, poverty yeah, having like, a smell and he couldn't like, of... and then he started to smell it and then it was like a, a, a switch had gone off in his head just going oh my god I get it and he felt what that what that man in the underground had felt that in those those four years he was down there it all just bubbled up and it, and he couldn't ha- he couldn't handle it he even said it himself it felt like a dream and so watching that happen, it was it was it was it was wonderful in that sense. And like Bong had gotten me perfectly to um, a place where I empathised with this family who clearly were not not good not good. They were living the most first world of first world problems. And then, this is the Park family. This, this is the, yeah, the wealthy Park family. family. Yes, Mister Park and that wife. Oh my god! Uh, it's like she's <laughs> unbelievable. She's un- no, she's just so dim and just oh. I thought you were saying something else. Oh, no. She is attractive. Thank you, Andrew. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll get to that. But, uh, <laughs> okay. No, we're not. No. Um, <sighs> no. God, go on. Say your line. No, no, no. no, no. Stop doing that. Have you? Bad complaints. Time's up. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's just like that whole family is just unbelievable. The Park oh, family. We do have to talk about Andrew's arousal at some point. <laughs> do we? No. I... I... <laughs> I'm hoping we wouldn't. We're like sitting really? there and my legs are crossed. And it's like, do I uncross my legs at this moment? No. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because, because it, is, it is worth noting. Like, again, and this- oh, yeah, we should have said that before I went into the spoiler zone. It's like... Um, what? Watch this. Maybe, oh, don't watch this with kids. Yeah, or, or, or maybe don't watch this with your friends either. <laughs> you don't watch this by yourself. Okay. okay. Maybe, well, don't watch maybe, it by yourself. Maybe, maybe watch it when you're on a date or something. It's it, it, like uh, how like the graduate when he takes his date to a porn. That's theater. taxi driver. Oh, it's taxi driver. <laughs> okay. No, that's the graduate. Well, it's, also, well. it's also it's ta- also okay. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was fine. Uh, no, it's fine. That's fine. We'll pause the we'll pause the porn talk. Uh, come back to it. We'll look, we'll circle back. Appropriate edit point. Yes. Ah. <laughs> no. uh, I don't think we're editing. <laughs> yeah, I I I adore I adored I adored just the whole setup of it, and it's it's weird crescendo, and there is one there like when we go into the talk about the cinematography, and that I have one scene that I just I have to. Well, we let's get to our famous cinematography When you see the ghost from that kid's point of view, that was the most terrifying thing I have seen all year. When that, when those eyes appeared, I genuinely, my skin crawled from my toes to my teeth. Because uh, I got to think of two things. Alliteration, tease. 
What, what, uh, what's interesting is that that scene actually Bong has talked a great deal about that scene has he? yeah because it's terrifying it is terrifying so what, what he originally was supposed to do was it's supposed to be a shot of him seen through the window it was supposed to be the kid uh, was outside and he looked through the window and he saw your man from I think he was going to be out camping in the wigwam again in, in order to kind of set up or parallel what happens mm-hmm. later on but he was going to look in and see the man through the window but Bong when he hired the actor he noticed that, I think. he noticed his eyes he actually apparently he still carries around a photo of the really? actor's headshot so he can show it to reporters. Because we've got an interview where it's like, Bong takes out a photograph of the actor and says, do you see his eyes? Um, and it was, <laughs> it was like, he said that the, he figured out from the geography of the set the way to do it was to do it with the stairs so that he comes up the way that he does and you get the light reflecting off his big open eyes as well. And it is that kind of, it is haunting and it is like a ghost and it is something out of a nightmare. they're hungry as well. Yeah. They're hungry as well. Those eyes are hungry as well. And th- this film is a fantastic job of horror the, um, oh, it is. Well, I mean, the, the, all those shots of the hands not, creeping a, around the corners. Not a, for, the, for a film, it's not a horror. I it's mean, it's actually quite scary. It it's, kind of is a it's horror. It's funny I that know. it's a, a, an American horror as well because of the the kind of use of the basement. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, but but it, but it takes on a a a different kind of meaning, or does it? Be, be, like, like where us? where I mean, where where the. Were the American basements built um, for uh, the same reason as the South Korean basements? I mean, were they built in the kind of fifties uh, and sixties and seventies as uh, some, some of them with an eye to uh, kind of like nuclear war and whatever? Yeah, some of them and would have been. And I mean, thrown away from your debt collectors. Well, some, like I mean, like that. That I would argue is like a thematic point. It's X Men First Class, where it's mm. explained that the basement under the mansion was built during the Cold War, yeah. and that becomes an expression of kind of like Xavier's attitude towards. X-Men. The idea is that you just live long enough to outlive the death of mankind. But generally speaking, in terms of American basements, I tend to think of them more along the lines of Indian burial grounds, where it's yeah. like where you have what you paved over in order to make the country that you have now. The basement kind of represents what's doing yeah, beneath that. Westward, manifest uh, destiny. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I dropped the trademark there. Um, but we do. Uh, but. Uh, What's interesting, though, about the, the use of basement here is... Well, first of all, this was originally envisioned as a stage play. Uh, Bong had wanted to write this as... You can as, see it. Yeah. Well, you the, can see it. Yeah. It was, that's why it's written... It's centers primarily around two locations. Mm. The, the, the home of the family, which is, again, reflecting their precarious economic position halfway between the street mm. and, and being an actual and basement. a very open layout house. Yes, as well. <laughs> and it shows, as well, the... Um, the sewage water kind of rises in the most uh, in a most interesting wipe. Yeah, I've ever seen <laughs> it, it, it is a movie. really great wipe. I absolutely yeah. love that wipe. Where yeah. it's a it's a scene transition. It's very George Lucas meets uh, <laughs> meets the host basically. But it's like just <laughs> and piss, <laughs> yeah. um, just uh, uh, rising to the top, and yeah. then it's like. Uh, and by the way, we're in another scene now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like fecal wipe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> teach you that in editing school. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the editing is phenomenal, and I mean, you know, we, we talked about you talked about our famous cinematography section, but like, say the cross cutting at the climax is astounding. But not even the climax. The bit that I thought watching the movie was the climax. The bit where the family are having a party in the house, and then the old maid comes back, and then all hell yeah. breaks loose, <laughs> and then the family having oh. like the rain happen decide they're coming back as well. <laughs> Bong has described it as a Mission Impossible sequence. That's, yeah, yeah it's, it is. Because it's, and it's very much shot and directed in that sequence where you have characters moving through a space trying not to like stumble across or be seen and trying to distract and all these kind of carefully choreographed movements. The sequence where the mother kicks the maid down the oh. stairs while delivering the uh, Ram Don, which is great by the way. That, and 
Andrew, you'll appreciate this. Um, the Ram Don is a pun that was created specifically for this movie. It isn't a term that exists in English. Um, it was It's a Korean dish that they, they've created there, but it doesn't have an English corresponding word. So Bong went to a translator and he said, I need something to call this. And he was like, well, it's just a selection of random kind of stuff put together, but it's got ramen noodles in it. So how about... Yeah, Ra- what? Those are noodles. Oh, yeah. those noodles? Okay. Yeah, or, yeah ra- ram- ramen is one type of noodles. Uh, udon is another. Yeah. So. Uh, so, so it's a random mix of. But they've taken the N. And yeah. The, yeah. And yeah. then so. Hey! <laughs> but yeah, we so made they, it, guys. So they specifically kind of created that bit of wordplay <laughs> um, for the movie, which is great because B- uh, Bong has talked about the joy of kind of doing subtitles. I can't remember, was it, uh, is it Okja where Stephen Yoon has a line in Korean? Um, and it was a pun in Korean, but he found that when he subtitled it, he couldn't get the humor to sound as cheesy. So he actually just changed it to a pun in English that was a completely different line. Uh, and he was like, yep, that's it. We're done here. And I thought, yeah, I thought that was quite a nice touch as well. But that sequence is amazing. It's incredibly tense. It's incredibly well put together. And the way in which the camera keeps constantly cutting to build suspense. So you have them cutting with the, you know, the the wife, Mrs. Park, eating the steak and the preparation of the steak with what's happening with the preparation of the it bodies. Amazing. It, it looks amazing. You see the marbling on that. Yeah, yeah that was some I good mean, sorry, uh, Apologies to any of our kind of vegetarian or, 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 or vegan listeners. But did they... They're the unsubscribed. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Okja doesn't exist, so technically Okja Okja isn't vegan unfriendly. (laughs) But anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, but it, 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 the cooking scenes were just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way in which they're cross-cut with the actual kind of dragging of bodies yeah. downstairs and the knocking of bodies in a way that kind of underscores the way that these are all the labour that these people I, have to I do did, to stay I alive. I did wonder, did anyone else think, like, oh, no, this might have just been me. Later in the else, movie. No, did anyone else worry he was going to eat the maid? Yeah. No. no. 100%. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. I was totally worrying. No, I did think that was going to happen, yeah? You right. said it. Uh, I did say it. <laughs> no, what I was wondering was... At any point in the at any point in that period of like oh god we have eight minutes before they get back, did you think that any that all of them were going to work together to keep up this forest? Because if any of them are figured out, everyone is, is screwed in that scenario. Like even the maid and her husband. Did anyone at any point go okay gang, let's 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 bygones be bygones. Let's work this all out so that we can all earn money here and to get this eight minutes done together because that was the most effective way. Bong has argued that's one of the central themes and points of the film is that like what you have is you have a situation where in politics in South Korea and he he argues in the rest of the world as well where what you have done is you've weaponized the interests of the working class against one another Mm. so people who are poor and disadvantaged do not band together instead they tend to rally against people who are also poor and disadvantaged but in different ways like you have it happen even within the sequence when they go to the home where the maid is, you know, the maid is like, when she first reveals that her... By the way, the, the maid, the old maid, mm. um, she provided the voice of Okja. Oh. Yeah. Um, but while, when she reveals that her husband has been hiding underneath the house to avoid his gambling... So there are two movies where, where the, the, the audience stakes is like, will she be eaten? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, the father, in, the father of the family, the family yeah. is in the host as the father. Yeah, no, he's, well, he's one of... He's, he's uh, kind of Bong's muse. Yeah, he, he also is, pops yeah. up in Snowpiercer as well. Tell, um, me, tell me about he, the host. I'm wondering, have I seen that? Uh, it's entirely for me. It, I don't really know that much about All I know is it's kind of a monster it movie. Is a, it's a monster movie, basically. It's a monster it's, movie. It's kind of a dark comedy kind of monster movie. Um, about this deadbeat dad. It was around about 2007-ish. Mm. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it's supposed to be very good. 
It Very is. Good. But um, I was about to say the. Is it a vampire movie? No, no, no. What am I? Thinking? It's kind of it's kind of like a Cloverfield movie. Okay. I think I'm it's thinking of the Park Chan Wook one that he did between Old Boy and. You are when you say yeah. the host. I'm thinking. I am thinking of a vampire movie, but it's not that one. Damn it, Andrew. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, come, we'll we go, go back. We're going to the fact machine. We're we'll going back to the fact machine, yeah. And we're back from the fact machine. So I think of Thirst. Um, oh, okay. I, I knew I knew it wasn't the host. That, that um, sounds like... But I feel like I might have seen the host as well. Thirst. <laughs> Thirst Trap. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, a vampire uh, <laughs> movie by, by Park chan Wook. Andrew, like, Graham, why would you think so little of Andrew? <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you make so, Andrew's knowledge of world cinema? Thank you very much. But um, no, like the, the thing is that um, Bong has argued that like the the way in which kind of like the working class, the ideas of kind of those people who are suffering under like capitalism and under sort of late capitalism have been weaponized against one another. So things like think of for 100%. example, yeah, like think of for example of kind of the working class, you know, native being turned nativist against immigrants who are facing many of the same problems that they are and trying to meet you know resolve the same problems they are and they're treated as the enemy immigration is treated as a primary concern and so you have a situation where it's when you if if you replace kind of society with 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 the economy yeah you can't blame the richest in society for everything that's going wrong because they're they're responsible for everything great yeah they're winning by the standards of like an economic measure of success in society yeah yeah it's just that i can't get a job because uh some migrant has taken it it must be somebody in my level so you and you have that playing out in or um uh benefits uh uh, fraud and that sort of stuff as well cheats you know welfare systems sponsors yeah that that's sort of narrative that tends to crop up and you see it in all across all it's not a problem that's a hostile environment to 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 create an environment where people don't um feel safe whether they're a migrant or in receipt uh, in receipt of oh, benefits so, yeah. or yeah. are depending on services where um where you create a system where 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 which is which is hostile to those people yeah and so you like instead of working together and instead of realizing they have common cause and common interests, those people are constantly pitted against one another. And you can literally see it play out in that sequence. Yeah. When the maid goes downstairs and reveals her husband's there, she immediately says, like, you know, ho, oh, sister, it's okay, we can work together. And because, you know, the, it happens that, you know, the mother is in a slightly more powerful but equal, you know, also precarious yeah, position. Her response is she says, Don't call me sister. And then what happens then when the path when the when the balance flips mm. and when, you know, the maid has control, she has the footage of the family together, you know, you'll notice that the mother calls her sister and she's like, Don't call me sister. Mm. So you that is very much a kind of a point of the film. It's very yeah. much a feature of the film. And it's worth noting as well that even you know, you could argue little things like, um, is it uh, Min? Is Min the, the student who gets the yeah, job originally? Yeah, what and happens like, when Min arrives like in the middle of the birthday party? When did Min come back? Was Min like, ever coming back? How many months was he gone <laughs> yeah. for? Did um, Min die? I assume yeah. he was gone for a school year, but I was kind of expecting him to show, <laughs> to show up again. Up. And then, dude, why is your whole family here? <laughs> he turns to Ki Woo and he's like, what are you, you're called Kevin now? Yeah. You had one job. literally like it's like i asked you not to do one thing and you literally did it but i i'm like aside 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 from any kind of statutory um, (laughs) reasons for not doing what he's uh, what is the, the, the whole point of his friend asking him not to do it 
seem it does seem like a bit of a slap in the face it because does. he doesn't ask him not to do it. He says, "I'm choosing you because there's no way that, <laughs> that, that you could do yeah, it. You that would you never do it. You're such it. a beta." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I gave this job to some of my like awesome college friends, they would they would definitely nail um, her. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's when Darren when they played that scene, I was sitting there thinking, oh, is he gay? Is that what he's getting at? Because he's like, maybe that's what it was. No, no, no. Maybe he's like a podcast host or something, (laughs) and and they just kind of assumed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But no, because when when that scene played, I was like, oh, is that what he's getting at there? And then it was like, oh, no, no. Now I see in hindsight what he was getting at there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like you you have, but you have that sense of kind of like, there is no sense of solidarity. And understandably, because everybody is fighting for not just, you know, everybody's fighting to survive. And when that happens, your impulse is not, let's band together and problem solve where I depend on you. It's let me clamber over your corpse so I can stay in the light basically but as a family they work quite well together. they do they were yeah. they, that, yeah. that, they were they were great especially that, like especially uh what the, jessica the, yes it's really bad that we're not getting the real names jessica yeah, nice Kijong. huh kijong 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 was uh a particular highlight for me she was just she was a fascinating character she was weirdly the most um uh, what is this most cynical of the family because she had every part and role that she needed to have down from the second she entered like the fact that she had this this like high level um uh photoshop skill uh then she like she had deadpan acting uh this this insane confidence when she entered the role like it was insane it's so it's so and all she did was google all she was google art therapy like again that's that's the wonderful thing about it how it underscores how kind of like insulated and kind of like wrapped in plastic the rich are mm. because it's like as soon as he hands the business card back to mr park all mr park has to do is just google that company to see that it doesn't exist but he never even thinks to do so whereas she's able to swindle the entire family based on nothing more than a quick google, google of the words art therapy yeah and uh, the other thing about it is um it's all about the amount of the authority she she takes on yeah it's just kind of like you need to leave the room yeah, yeah. And 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 you even see that at the start with the urinating with the man urinating in the street, where like you know they're like go out and confront him. It's like no, that'll just make things worse. Put up a sign. No, that'll just make things worse. Mm. And all you have is the college student who arrives immediately. Yeah, and just shuts him away. And just has yeah, he just has a bit of authority, and your man sort of carries on on his way. And there's a sense of like projecting that sense of self and that sense of entitlement and privilege. You do kind of wonder what she did with that kid in that room for those like that one lesson, right? To have gotten him to. Be so respectful. So so respectful. What did she do? It's that it's that experiment where you kind of like put a lab coat on somebody, and 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 they say like kind of um, turn up the electricity to ten thousand volts. And because um, they're wearing a lab coat, yeah, yeah, you're like, and well, you, you must just know look at it. It's oh, like, wow. will, I, will I not kill this person? And they just kind of nod no. And, um, should I, I like nod no? Should, by the way, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. mixed signals. Like, should, <laughs> should I? Should I? Uh, should I press this button? Nod yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I remember in um, in nerd camp, we 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 were, we were studying psychology. The official title. And yeah, yeah, yeah oh. we we uh, Darren knows all about this too. Yes, I do. Um, uh, but we we were studying psychology and we went through that um, experiment. Um, we could put a link up to it in the in the, the show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but at lunchtime, we all uh, lined up in order of height 
and and skipped everyone in 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 the lunch line like we all came in at the one time you know all behind each other like um and walked straight to the um straight to the kind of front of the queue skipping everybody else who had queued and it, like the whole point of it was that nobody asked yeah. like hold on are, are you meant to be doing um, this skipping ahead it's like every, everybody could see that 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 we were ordered kind of and structured ordered and, and, and uh, like at, were acting as a unit yeah 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 and you had a vision that you were enforcing. nobody nobody questioned wow. it yeah yeah that is disturbing but again and again the film kind of understands that you show up with enough authority and you yeah. pretend and again that that's worth noting is that like the, you know the son might say hey you know i'm going to go to college i have a plan to go to college and this you know fake you know graduation kind of diploma that I have or degree it's that I have. It's just a stopgap. Yeah, it's basically a future payment. I'm yeah. taking it from my future self. Um, but like, it's it's the idea that presenting that, she might say, well, we don't need, we don't care about documents. But the fact that he has the document is, is proof of itself, mm. you know? That, that makes me wonder then, the ending of the film, right? Do you think that's a dream? Which ending? Uh, the one where he says, I will make money, I will get rich, I will get this house, and that's how I will get you out. Well, it's an aspiration. Yeah, it's, but they literally show it. But is, they also cut back to reveal that that yeah, is a, like yeah. they, they cut back to him reading the letter. It's very oh, clear. So, so it's, it's, it's just a dream. It's, just it's, a, fantasy. it's a plan like his plan to go to college. Oh, it's God. Like, like what his father says when they're lying in kind of mm. the tor- in the shelter after the floods. It's like, you can make a plan, but you know, that plan doesn't matter if you're, it's not actually going to happen. No, it's main just um, kind of um, his girlfriend wakes up and... Uh, goes into the bathroom and uh, Min is showering. <laughs> and it's like, I had just had the most terrible dream. <laughs> it's in Dallas. <laughs> it is worth noting, actually, when we talk huh? about... When we talk about, like, their, their anglicized names, one of the things that I really like about the film is the way, the fetishization of, of, America. Of, America. of America. So you have the mother dropping mm. English words and phrases into conversation to show how sophisticated she is. Mm. Um, the moment that... Uh, Jessica gets the job is the moment where Kevin refers to her have, have, as living in Illinois. Illinois, tell me more. I know, um, it's and so it's weird. The moment, it's the moment where they're talking about they're worried about their kid. Uh, da song pa- is it da song, isn't it? Yeah, da song. Yeah, da song. Um, sitting outside in the rain in his little teepee. Who's he's obviously also obsessed with American uh, Native yeah. Americans. Uh, but he's sitting outside in the rain. And they're like, should he, the US. should he do that? And it's like, well, the tent was made in the and made in America, so obviously yeah. it's good enough for this. Which I, I kind of I love that kind of recurring kind of like fetishization of kind of America within the film that's kind of played re- as a as a kind of a joke, which mm. is great. I'm just trying to think. It's just it was such a it was such a when everything turned. Did anyone else expect to find that man down there? Not that specific man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, there's definitely a man living with, beneath this house. With, with, uh, with the kind of milk. And it wasn't even a That was cup. weird. I was worried that that was like her child. Yeah. And and the, way, like, the way he eats the banana. Oh, the banana. It's the like a slug. I don't want Baba. I want Mama. But honestly, when she pushed it back and started to go down the steps, my initial thought was it's the architect and he just didn't leave. Yeah, I thought that. I actually thought that as well. Yeah. Or demon. I thought demon for like a second. I thought demon for like a but, second. But I mean, like it's metaphorical. Demon architect. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> like, the story straight. There's a pentagram yeah. underneath, are not a like pentagram that. underneath yeah. the house. I love that Andrew's like, this is our next Netflix bitch. <laughs> demon architect. Um, 
But um, it is. It is. Don't you say it. It's going to call. It's going to call out there. <laughs> um, but it's like you're. You're right. I would argue though that it is something of a ghost story. Like again, it uses. It's a metaphorical mm. ghost story. It's the idea of these people living in a house that is haunted by poor people. Um, and it's like they literally don't see them there. They see there's some moment, wealthy, trendy, cool thing. She even says it. But there's there's a moment where like the, they're the, not actors either, pretending to be <laughs> uh, normal. They're in a basement. <laughs> Drinking milk out of a bottle. That is that like, is so weird. That eating is so a banana weird. like the and, and again like, like a, but even even the bit know. where even the bit where the father is crawling along the ground and they get up and they are like four feet from him and he's just and they like, don't notice him. And they don't notice him at all, which again is, is that sort of thing. They don't even notice the smell. Or even the like bit if there was a person over there, we wouldn't have noticed them until now. <laughs> that you pointed in that yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pointing to an area of the room. Thank you for undermining for the metaphorical point that I'm making. And I did like the breed check. <laughs> no, there isn't somebody hiding over there. How do you know? <laughs> there could be. But, well, they kind of dodged while I was turning, yeah. so. Mm. But but more along, yeah, more along the lines of like even even things like you know the way in which the light, the automatic sort of light that's kind of blinking. That is and, that that freaked me out well, when that no, realization it, happened. It's a really really sad depressing beat where your man's been sending out this Morse code signal, and as far as the rich couple who actually live in the house above him think, it's just that the sensor's faulty, um, and it kind of gives a sense of how oblivious they are to everything. I mean, even when. Da Song's birthday party they're meant to go camping and it rained heavily and they came back and they're like let's just have an impromptu birthday party they all assume that they can just hire back the kind of driver they can bring Jessica and yeah. Kevin and the maid in despite the fact that they there's no warning for it and the fact that you know the poorer parts of town have been flooded they're completely oblivious yeah. to anything like that having happened this comes across how charmed their they're existence is and yeah. then Kevin looking out the window yeah. And all of these people from like a from a yeah. Tommy Hilfiger ad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do I fit in here? Yeah, playing cello and kind of singing Italian songs and stuff like that. Yeah. And asking, yeah. And then having a homeless story. man just like stab everyone. I don't think that's part of the Tommy Hilfiger. Is it not? I don't think that's I don't quite know, part I of it. I, I I'm not a clothes <laughs> man. Um, it was that's a hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was hard to watch when she's describing how grateful she was for the rain. And she's like, oh, it washed everything clean. It's great. We're so fortunate. And His face. they lost everything. Yeah. And, and just not, the... Not, not the rock, though. The balance there is incredible. Yeah. Like, they really... Like, he, he it, like of all of them, I think Bong is the one that really stands out of the cast and crew. Like, what he did to bring this all together. It It's not a tough thing to... It, sorry, it's a tough thing to make this kind of story work in the way that he got it to work. And, you know... Um, the, the cast were great and all that, but if if he wasn't the if if he wasn't as spectacular a director as he clearly is uh, here, I don't know in a more less capable hands uh, how good this film would have been. Oh no, like it's fantastically well orchestrated, and, mm. and again, like despite the fact that you can see how it is a stagey kind of production, yeah. it's worth noting by the way that Bong himself uh, does all his storyboards on his films. Oh. Uh, he wanted to be a cartoonist when he was younger. He was actually a cartoonist when he was in college for the student newspaper. Um, his parents, and again, this is interesting because this gets at what Andrew was describing earlier, um, where his parents he didn't feel that they would want him to be a film director or anything as frivolous as a film director. Right. Um, so he actually... Difficult enough in the West. Yeah. But he also, he has a degree in sociology, uh, which maybe shines through a little bit in yep. the films that he makes. Yeah, perhaps. even kind of <laughs> reference to stuff like Rent-A-Crowd, kind of, where, where you have oh, that the, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, with the theater group and stuff like that. But I mean, um, it, it's worth noting. So yeah, that all that stuff kind of informs his work. And again, it's worth noting that the house, by the way... People that, going to weddings. 
Like because yeah. they've been paid to yeah. go. Yes. Yeah. She was a, she was paid extra because she, she called the bouquet ten dollars and stuff like that as well. And the idea of what that existence is, it's worth noting the inspiration for the film actually, and this is kind of interesting. The inspiration for the film, well, there are reportedly several different kind of individual inspirations for particular parts of the film, but the basis of the film was when he was in college, in order to support himself, he worked as a tutor for a wealthy family. Um, so he is, and to be clear, he's more min than anybody yeah. else in this situation. <laughs> he's well aware of this. Uh, but he uh, uh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely gonna. Gonna but, be so funny, just like. But but I'm gonna oh, wait. I, I was min in that since scenario. he graduated oh, okay. high school. Are you sure? Oh, now that I think about it, maybe I was Kevin. Yeah. Don't like explaining why is she in a uh, school. Uh, uniform to all of my college friends. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's worth But they're monsters. I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that part was adapted directly. No, but he'd no. talk about how, for example, he'd be taken on a tour of the house and like he'd be taken upstairs and like having a second story would be exotic to him. But like not only having a second story, being like, oh, this is the sauna room and being yeah, like. Yeah, that was yeah. dropped really like subtly. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly into the sauna room. Yeah, but what? Yeah. <laughs> and again, that reaction of like, it's a per- if you've seen Ready or Not, it's that what a perfectly normal room for a house to have. Um, you know, sort of like the way in which there's no sense that for people who live in that kind of environment, that insulated environment mm. of how difficult life is for anybody else. And I mean, it's, it's worth noting, like Bong himself has talked about how, Graham, I know you might not like Mrs. Park, but he has a great deal of affection for Mrs. Park as a character and he finds her very sensitive, very moving. And it's that point that the, the maid makes and Bong himself makes it in interviews, which is the idea that it's not that she's rich and she's nice or she's rich, but she's nice. It's that she's nice because she's rich, because she's had the good fortune to be insulated from any sort of suffering or difficulty. Because Bong talks about his interviews where he would argue that things like suspicion. She's so shocked. That's it. Like, like, like um, what is it? Meth and cocaine. <laughs> what I loved was yeah. she, she still went though to Jessica, uh, went. Jessica, you're nice. still, you're, you're still, you're still young and naive. Oh, the 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 way life is out there, and then just realize you have no clue. Yeah, no, you have no goddamn no, clue. No, no, no. none, none whatsoever. No. Her um, husband does. Her husband is like, well. Because you love her. I know a lot about car sex. He has a thorough knowledge of car sex. He's like, ordinarily with car sex, a woman leaves behind her earrings or maybe a strand of hair. And it normally happens in the driver's seat. It normally happens in the driver's seat as well. Why would he cross that line? And he, 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 I, I love the I love the no, cross the line I, metaphor. Cross that line. Yeah. I heard that was like, said so many times in that film. But it's I was so metaphorical. To a radio one day, there were just uh, there was a call in about um, car, car sex. They had <laughs> learned it from there. Yeah. I mean, I was half listening, uh, <laughs> just sort of ambiently just yeah, absorbing yeah, it, kind yeah. of passively. That's why I know. So, <laughs> much. but I mean, car sex that makes sense. I mean, okay, and then this this brings us nicely back to the um, Andrew arousing sequence as well. <laughs> Because you have, I did promise we'd come back to this. Um, we'd bring it up again, as it were. But the argument is that um, so you have this weird thing where they kind of fetishize and exoticize. Uh, Why poverty. are you pimping me like this? Let's come back to let's come back to this. Let's come back to Darren. Let's come back to Andrew's arousal. Because <laughs> that was the context that, by of the, the discussion, by the way. Um, Make sure to timestamp that. Okay, Andrew's arousal. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm glad you're bringing this uh, it doesn't seem it Andrew up as it were <laughs> I was primarily to set up that line to be yeah, honest yeah, that was yeah. the reason why I, yeah, well I'm glad you got your line yeah. 
of meth or cocaine. Um, but yeah, no, like it, it's they thought she was being poor. That's it exactly. That's that's what I was getting at before we got kind of waylaid into it's other an interesting discussions. choice for role play. It is, and but it's it's but to what them, do the rich role play? But to them, <laughs> but to them, it's, it's exotic, exotic, buy drugs. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were well, going to say to them it's exotic and sexy. It's like, what was it to you? <laughs> <laughs> like, not exotic or sexy at all. Yeah, no, like in, in the in the context, being surrounded by you guys. No. <laughs> but I, I, I knew think, you thought I was poor. I think in another context it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> But but it does it does kind of get at that sense of like and the idea of like wear the underwear that we took out and like buy me they drugs didn't, they didn't throw that away yeah well I mean because because it's for them it's kind of it's it's like it's exotic it's a, it is a bit of kind of fetishism buy me drugs fix the toilet <laughs> <laughs> you do manual labor um, <laughs> yeah. fold yeah. a pizza yeah. box buy um, a pack of majors so with your doll money fold, fold, um, yeah. oh, sorry fold a pizza box does sound like, anyway fold no. a pizza box. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like, and, and it's kind of don't leave any ends out. And it, um, and it reminds me. That's terrible. That's exactly what I thought when he when he described wanting to eat okja. Because um, right, like, it, yeah. it feels very much like a oh, similar it comes sort of, back around to okja. No, no, but it feels like a similar sort of thing because okja is a movie about you know the it's a ve- it's a you know a, a vegetarian movie to a certain extent about the horror of eating meat. And I love that you know the response to that is some of the response to that is well eating meat is great because eating meat is great. Um, but like. You know, you have this kind of weird thing where if you have... If only to... you had Okja. <laughs> but, just... but a version of Okja that wants to be... Yeah, that's the And, and that right you there. don't um, sexually assault. Um, was it, was it, wasn't that kind of where they crossed the line in Okja? <laughs> it's like... Up until the line. Nothing wrong with this, right? Um, <laughs> until it got worse. <laughs> but yeah, like, and, and it kind of... The idea of how insulated kind of these people are from this and kind of the, the push and pull that you have. Because, yeah, that scene is incredibly disturbing. I found it incredibly uncomfortable, Yeah, that sequence. I would have found it comfortable. Captain Bringdown and the Bringdown troops. Um, <laughs> that, that kind of thing is kind of uh, kind of interesting in, in that sense as well. But, yeah, and, and kind of like the... A hard R as well. What? Not oh. like this podcast. No, 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 no. For the violence, like the level of violence and graf- yeah, yeah, but the, the the kind of graphic sexuality as well. Like, like it was more. Um, oh, even though they were fully clothed. Even though they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more. Um, it was, okay, well, I count that as fully clothed. I feel no, like, yeah. I feel like it was more explicit than a than a than a kind of a fully, a nude, fully sort of, nude scene, well, like, a Hollywood kind of movie, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, and and also sort of in terms of of that kind of that sort of stuff and the violence as well. I quite appreciated the way in which the the movie had kind of Chekhov's stone, um, which kind of a nice. You <laughs> wondered where that stone was going. Yeah. And that's the that that's our obligatory Robocop reference, like serious head trauma that nobody should be able to survive. <laughs> no, like, like, that, like, 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 like being blown in the head with a shotgun at the start of Robocop versus like getting clocked with a huge stone twice. Twice. Now I will state he was twitching when he had been hit the second time, so he was alive I think, but I think he it's, it's should not, not have what, been no even that, if he was alive it's more being like it's like well the worst thing that happened is that now he giggles a little bit inappropriately he's it's the joker like, now yeah. that's what happens when you hit somebody in the head with a huge uh, rock they're, they're, but they're, it's the size of a head their hand does twitch a bit and, and they defecate mm-hmm. themselves I mean we all know this um, uh, anyway sorry <laughs> sorry uh, 
Uh, do we put in the part where I went to the fact machine to find that out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it is worth noting actually in terms of those, because again, this is the thing with those uh, stones, because they are actually a Korean um, tradition. There's, um, they're apparently very, very rare these days. And in fact, Bong has talked about how his father used to collect them. He's 50 years old and none of his friends collect them. They're so outdated. Oh. And it's actually, it's, yeah, he found, but he thought that he could get away with it because he drew enough attention to how weird a gift it was. First mm-hmm. of all, the mother saying food would have been better. Yeah. Uh, but also the son, I love But this was, this was the totem kind yes. of the amulet that, that, that brought them the all of the kind inverted of commas wealth. Yes. Kind of, <laughs> um, uh, blessings. Yeah. The wealth and good fortune. But anyway, it is, it is, it's a weird kind of spur to kind of, to, to drama and to action. Mm. I also just love the fact that Kevin repeatedly points out it's so metaphorical, it which is, is great. I kind of, I want to use that. That's kind of like one of those wonderful kind of self-aware things, because obviously yeah. the film itself is layered with kind of symbolism, notably the set, um, the right. actual, the, the, the art therapy stuff. Has anyone here ever, sorry, sorry. The, the schizophrenic corner. Has anyone ever done um, art therapy? Do no. you remember no. in school? Uh, we had. Uh, do you do you remember all the times you went to see the 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 the, the counselor? Cancer. No, once, right? <laughs> no, um, no, I don't know if you. Okay. you um, I certainly did. Okay. Uh, but but um, she used to um, um, yeah, sit you down and get you kind of draw things. Oh, okay. And then you like talk about them, and I talk about kind of like you know what all the the the, 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 the colors meant, huh? meant and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, so were you a Jessica or a Dasong <laughs> in this in this scenario? I think I was at a Dasong. Um, that song sounds like a character in Beauty and the Beast. Right? Yeah, like an evil no one draws like that song. Anyway, but um, no one screams like that song. No but, one faints <laughs> and does art trauma like, like that song. He's never gonna. He's have especially a good at artistic cosplaying. Yeah. Sorry, no, it doesn't. Add that no, way. very good, Darren. He's he had like. What's funny is his thing will be, oh, you can have normal birthdays. People don't die at your birthdays. Oh, that's weird. I wonder like, does he have a- like a Pavlovian response to cake? Basically, is my, my at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And food waste. Yeah, when she turns around and cakes, um, your man who's been living in the basement, he's like, "That's okay. I have a knife. Um, you brought a cake to a knife. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. You've made cake like knife before." Um, <laughs> But um, but like I mean obviously the the way in which dog as well eating the uh, I did appreciate <laughs> oh the that. The, the meat sword off yeah the from yeah. the skewer it's a great shot like yeah. and again all of these wonderful little shots that are kind of so Dark. wrong yeah so so weird and so eccentric but so despite that funny it's so hilarious it is wonderfully darkly funny and consistently darkly funny and like again like that, that sort was... of lampshade hanging of it's so metaphorical I think lets the movie get away with a lot like you have the um, Apparently, obviously, the house was built as a set. The park house was built as a set. Um, and apparently, they had an architect on stage to help them design it. And it was designed in accordance to the script that Bong had written. Bong had written it over several years. Apparently, he's written, he wrote, he well, wrote he's it. Well, he was going to make a play. So I, yeah. I suppose the, the, that kind of comes into it much more. Yeah. You're kind of expected to have a view of what the kind of set is going to be. Yeah. And he was, but he was, he was told the architect apparently really objected to it because it was a terrible design, but he was like, no, because the characters need to be able to see each other from mm. here, there and everywhere. They need to be able to look from this space and see over into there. So even though it makes no sense, um, the space kind of exists primarily so you can have people looking and peering and leering, kind of turning in ways that wouldn't make sense with an actual physical space. Which I, I found it, I, I think I copped something just now. Was, was Dasong 
drawing that man the entire film. Probably, yeah. Yeah, if you think about it, all the drawings oh, were yeah. of, a, of yeah. a person with giant it's eyes. Likely, yeah. Like, was and he it, drawing him the entire film? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the great things, like, again, and this is the thing that we talked about, again, neatly bringing us into the spoiler zone that Breed mentioned, where it is, it doesn't go in a direction I think anybody watching for the first time expects it nope. to go, but it's also set up ridiculously well. Little things like the idea of Morse code that Dasong can understand yeah. because he's in the scouts. Those drawings. Sure. Uh, the way in which you get the idea that Dasong has a trauma from when he was in first grade, but that's not explained until later on. So all of this stuff is kind of carefully seated. There, the, the reference to the maid who eats enough for two. two. But she um, buys the food. She stated she buys the food. Do you believe she buys the food? Or is that just her trying to put on a front? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, there's a question about that. Like Again, because she's put, very used to putting... Again, you have this idea. She herself is working class yeah. she's doing the same con she's doing the same con that they are okay not the same con but a similar con she's kind of like taking advantage of this rich family in order to survive she's lying and presenting an image of herself there's nothing to say that she's not mm. from she probably is from the exact same background like it makes you wonder about the architect who actually um designed the house yeah designed the house slash um suggested her for the place it's a it, it just made it just brings that also into question um, that whole you know how the architect yeah uh, I, I know just there's a weird she, thing in my head now she was an excellent housekeeper oh she yeah was, no, I no. mean there was nothing wrong with no. her performance I, I can understand why he'd be she, peachy keen she had an aversion to peach yeah. which by yeah. the way is, is one of the inspirations for wait oh, was that pun no Graham no Darren's uh, was <laughs> But uh, one of the things about the um, the peaches, actually, that came from Bong's own life as well. When he was in school, they discovered that... Um, the teachers of peaches. The teachers of peaches. But they discovered <laughs> that um, one of their classmates had a shockingly massive allergy to peaches. How they discovered that was that one day after school, they were randomly throwing peaches at this person as they were running away. The peaches apparently didn't even touch the person's skin and caused them to go into anaphylactic shock. Wow. wow. So apparently, yeah, you learn things when you're bullying people. It's amazing the things you pick up. Yeah. But yeah, they had no idea. They were just sort of bullying this kid, throwing peaches at them, and they're like, oh, well, guess he's now allergic to peaches. Who'd have thought it? That, that's how allergies work, kids. <laughs> Quick, get more peaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sequence is, yeah, that sequence where Jessica runs to the fridge grabs the bag and just empties that it was, over her that face. was that was messed up but also really funny she's yeah. like the second you knew you second you knew where she was going you, you realize, knew where she was yeah. going you're just like peaches yeah no because you could see the kind of light go off in her head because she is arguably the, the smartest. smartest like of the set she's yeah. the one who has kind of the clearest vision for what she's doing right down to improvising because it's implied that she goes off script with the driver she they does. have a plan to get rid of the driver but she kind of accelerates it because she sees an opportunity mm. with the underwear and stuffing it in the car um, so there's a sense in which she is very much the kind of like brains or kind of like planning, so not planning, but kind of improviser of the set. Yeah. I have a sexy plan. <laughs> uh, what I find weird is that, do you think that the driver was fired not because he had sex in the car, but because he had sex in the back seat where... You crossed where, the line. Where, 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 he crossed, yeah, the, yeah. crossed the line. Young Mr. man, Park, young Mr. man their sex life yeah. is their own business. Uh, but you would think. We would think that they have sex in the front. Yeah, we're, we're a liberal, open-minded family. Um, I mean, we pay him because very well. We are well. a liberal, open-minded really family. really close that, uh, or undo that knot, where he's kind of like, however, there should have been hair. <laughs> or, or <laughs> That's hair such a weird line. It's like, I've watched yeah. enough CSI. There yeah, should be yeah. hair. Think about there should be something. I'm going to get my blue light. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and again, like that idea of crossing the line yeah. that exists, which is such an arbitrary bound as well, which again, as you point out, implies that maybe if the driver hadn't had sex in the backseat, yeah. 
I think he would have still been there. He's like, ah, so me and him, we got uh, we got something in common now. But I, I do. I, part of me wonders that. It's like, very difficult to have sex in the front seat without crossing the line. Though. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, have to kind of roll that seat back a bit. Yeah. And uh, does the line move with the seat? Is the question? Like, yeah. is the line is that so? Like, does the, line, the like, seat is the line. The all, seat, yeah. all evidence goes in the glove box. Which, <laughs> oh. Sorry, um, but anyway. and, and and here's the question actually because you kind of alluded to this. I'm wondering, is it because the husband's familiarity with car, car sex. I'm kind of curious what you think about this because I have my own theories about this as well. I suspect this is just down to kind of the fetishization of poorness where it's like, you know, I, I've thought a lot about what it would like to be a poor, to be a poor person because I'm a rich person with empathy. I can imagine what it would be like to have to have sex in a car um, because, you know, I understand. JFK had sex in a car. That's the, the um, he had a bad back. So he, he would, he would, he would, um, he would never be on top. But he'd be in. in but okay, I, yeah. so I was wondering: do, do we think <laughs> I mean, that Mister Park we, is having an affair, or has had affairs, or do we think that his kind of he, his insanely detailed kind of like fixation on it, and the way in which he elaborates all these details, mm. and the way in which he's so like, even before the sequence later on, where it's quite clear they are turned on by it, it's very clear that they're like, this is like fascinating. They probably had like drugs. Um, and you know the bit where he's like I am so much more worldly than her because I have to explain to her I have to lean in and whisper to her look yeah. at how worldly I am well, I think so, that's part of their kink yeah. as well yeah. Yeah, she is the, 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 the um, kind of innocent do you, do you, and he's do you he's think that he, this. I, I think he did I don't think he has I think honestly. he has I think it's something he has probably obsessed about and fantasized about and now that it's actually happening to someone he knows in his car, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah, he could be like, I, I know exactly yeah. how this goes because I played this in my uh, head. I think it is because, I think he is cheating because uh, of the fact of the constant things that Mr. Kim is saying to him. You, you love your wife, right? Let's yes, call it love. That's, yeah, yes. that's <laughs> the wonderful pause and then the laughter after it is the best <laughs> part. And also the really awkward moment where Kim hands him back the card. And it's like, on the related note of the conversation about how much you love your wife, here's a card for an agency. Yeah. Not that kind of agency. You don't need to say it was from me. Um, from you, Mr. Park. I love that shot of her washing the, cl- boiling the clothes. Oh, that is. <laughs> and, and, and her taking all the stuff out of the dishwasher. Yeah. Just, oh my God. And the sequence where, where Mr. Park is uh, talking about how, you know, with, without a maid, my clothes will start smelling in a week. As if he literally has no idea he's supposed to wash them. It's like if the house will be a trash can in a week. Yeah, it's uh, like you could just put stuff in the bin for that week. It's like I don't know what happens I when I take off my clothes like, and I put them on. People like that go from kind of living uh, and growing up in a house like that to having their own house like that. Yeah, that's like, like having parents that have a maid and then kind of graduating into having your own maid. Yeah. <laughs> kind of that's your coming of age journey. Because yeah, yeah. if there's one if there's one group of people you can't trust in this world, it's billionaires' kids. <laughs> um, but I no, I'm going to say maids. But I, I think, no, I think, I think that is a point that the film's making. Because again, I would argue one of the shifts that we've seen in the portrayal of the wealthy in cinema. So historically, there have been lots of movies about evil rich people mm. and, and lots of movies about poor Richie people. Rich. But poor people trying to it's get one... It's a wonderful one, life. Yeah, poor people trying to get one over or trying to survive against rich people pushing that. It's a Wonderful Life is a great example where Mr. Oh, Richie Long, Rich was an aberration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richie Rich was the exact opposite. Home alone. Um, Home alone. What? <laughs> those those poor ri- those trading places. Those poor those poor men were trying to get money from a very rich family, and one of their evil children almost killed the two of them. Okay, well that that, that, 
that, that reading fits with the point I'm about to make, so let's just go with it and not question it, right? So my argument is that, like, historically in these stories, the rich have been portrayed, including Kevin McAllister, yes, apparently, so. as incredibly ruthless, yeah. incredi- yes. Yes, incredibly detail-oriented, yeah. incredibly organized, mm-hmm. very scheming, yes. manipulative, oh underhanded. Like, think of Mr. P- but, like, jokingly, even outside of the Kevin McAllister example, but think of things like, say, Pop- Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life, where he's constantly scheming, underhanded, he's manipulative, mm-hmm. he's spreading rumors, he kind of, he steals the book and he uses that to get Bailey into trouble. Like, the rich in cinema, rich villains are typically portrayed, think of Lex Luthor as an mm-hmm. example as well, but they're typically portrayed John as... Lithgow and Santa Claus the movie. Oh, yeah, okay, let's go with that one. But rich rich people are typically... Like, I love just doing... Yes. Throwing <laughs> weird films. Typically portrayed as like, they're shrewder than the rest of us. Mm. They're more canny than the rest of us. That's why they're and rich. That's it. They, they're rich because they, they're willing to do the things that mm. it takes in order to get rich. Mm. Because they're not rich because they're stupid. They're rich because they're smart and they don't have any moral decency. Mm. And that's historically how rich villains have been portrayed in film, generally speaking. Yeah, opportunism in, as well. Yeah, that's yeah. it. it whereas Scrooge. In, yeah, whereas in recent years, in the past couple of years, and I would argue to pick an example, this is one. I would argue even Joker's portrayal of Thomas Wayne yeah. um, is one as well. But I'd even go with something if you want to pick, um, like, for example, Knives Out, where the entire plot of Knives Out hinges on the idea that these really wealthy family have no idea how to even properly execute a crime. Um, that whole kind of movie hinges on that idea. But you have this kind of sense that I don't think families like I don't think children learn these days properly how to commit crimes. Yeah, I think that's it's a, a real concern problem. these days. I yeah, think. yeah, I think that it's, it's especially a gro- kind of the upper classes. Yeah, well, the, the idea that you know those skills aren't getting passed on anymore. No, no. Uh, no. But even say like the TV show Succession. Where you have a difference between Logan Roy. I wondered when you were going to bring that up. Yeah, but like Ro- Logan Roy, who is like he's he's a millionaire. He made it that he's a, he made that money himself, right? And so he is ruthless and smart and will do whatever it takes. But his kids, who have grown up wealthy and privileged and sheltered, and as Andrew pointed out, like graduated from using their dad's maid to having their own maid, they aren't smart. They're morons. They have no idea how to protect the money that they have. They have no idea how to, you know, control the interest in their family's firm. They don't have the killer instinct that the person, their father, who actually made money has. And it's kind of interesting how in recent years in cinema, you've seen that sort of shift to the point where, like, the rich are still villains in pop culture, but increasingly they're not conniving ruthless or resourceful they're incredibly insulated and incredibly disconnected yeah, and oblivious kind of an ignorance. that's it exactly because they've never a lot of those people have now inherited wealth and as insensitivity opposed to creating, yeah that's it as well i'm being completely sort of like lacking in empathy but also lacking in understanding and awareness and mm. situational awareness because that's the thing about the portrayal of miss park in this film i don't hate her with the same vehement passion that Graham does. I don't have venomous passion for her. You, you were pretty, pretty... I was not. I just think she's stupid. Okay. But I... Which I, she is. I, I, you know, I have a bit more sympathy for her in terms of understanding she's had a sheltered life. That doesn't excuse oh, being... Oh, I'm so as, sad. I'm, I, I feel so bad for her. I'm, oh, oh, no. You she's said, been rich you, her whole life. You did feel very sorry for Maria Bailey. <laughs> When she fell off that swing. Yeah. Um, but no, okay. But my point is... My I've heard way too much about her over the last couple of months. But my point is that, yeah, I think that there is maybe a shift that's happened in, in popular culture in recent years. That's kind of interesting to see. And I kind of think it simmers through Parasite as well. But mm. I think the original one goes back to empires and conquests. Yeah. You always had this 
big, powerful, charismatic conqueror, leader, uniter. And then they die and everything goes to hell because their heirs can't mm. they just don't have the same mm. presence yeah because James they never Purifo- have to work for James Purifoy's yeah. children yeah. in Altered Carbon yeah <laughs> I'm they, gonna name as many as I can yeah, okay, in the next yeah. 10 minutes and, and that is another mm-hmm. recent show it's about Ku- the rich as well Kublai Khan is no Genghis Khan <laughs> <laughs> older example but we'll keep that one in. Um, but yeah but I, and it's out of interest and I wonder if that trend is maybe in a response to things like say that you know the rise of the Trumps where you know you can be bankrupt six times but still be a yeah. billionaire um, or even things like the Great Recession where you have a sense that well you can still mismanage your finances to the degree that you cause a global recession mm. but will be bailed out regardless uh, because you're too big to fail mm. and it's kind of interesting like Simba with the Lion King no? too far? What? Well, he would, have been, a, he would have been a bad king Sim- if he'd stayed being. Yeah, Simba's you know. entire arc is actually learning. Though. Yeah, that's so, like Sim- Simba's. Simba's not a villain in The Lion King. Right. Okay. Graham. <laughs> but um, no, like so that that would be kind of I'm just, kind of I found that an interesting trend. I've kind of seen that an interesting trend in recent cinema. Mm. It's kind of interesting to see it sort of play out in in the way the parks are sort of treated uh, here. I thought. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very true. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything that we haven't discussed already with regards to Parasite? Anything jumping out at people? Um, from just there, from just what you were eyes. saying, <laughs> the comparison of two families: uh, husband, wife, daughter, son. And you have one that works together so well as a un- as a functioning unit. And the other, that honestly, they don't really even seem to like each other that much. Well, that's very thing. separate and distinct. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It. If, if they work together in the same way that the, the poor family mm. worked together, they would crack the case instantly. Mm. Because the song would figure out the communications. Um, the and daughter would listen to the sound of the beeping when she sends the message um, yeah. to the table. And one, one, fan, one family are ostensibly strangers. Yeah, and and yet they're 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 so kind perfectly of, in sync, uh, yeah, like a machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the sequence in which, like the sequence, that Mission Impossible sequence is amazing. Flawless. It's so perfectly choreographed with until they slip and fall. Um, <laughs> but like mostly throughout that sequence, it's so perfectly. It's like a military unit, and there's a sense in which I think Breed's right. The reason why that is is because they have to be. Because again, and you see that with like the video when they're learning how to do the um, the pizza boxes. Mm. Because they literally they need to in order to make the money to stay afloat. Yeah. They have to be While a well oiled bug bombed. Yeah. Oh, that's that's another thing as well. It's worth noting the, the the way in which the film, and again, this is probably a bit kind of interesting about this, the way in which the film sort of suggests that like humanity is a privilege of kind of like that because the say the Park family, and, and again it's it's worth noting that the mother kind of discusses this uh, very explicitly. The idea that Miss Park is nice because she's rich. Yeah. Because she can and if I was that rich I'd be nice as well. Yeah, I'd be nice. But yeah. you have this idea that like as people get poorer and as they're forced further underground they become increasingly animalistic. Yeah. And so the way in which it's, the, the it's husband... Sprayed with bugs. Yeah, that's exactly the fumigated, like pets. And uh, uh, have to live in sewers. Yes. Yeah, essentially. And like, even the way that your man crawls up that was... the stairs um, and the way he eats the banana. Oh. Um, but even even sequences where, you know, the father's crawling across the floor. He's like a little, kind of almost oh, yeah. like a worm. Because mm. the, the Mr. Kim says... Um, uh, oh no no it's not Mr. Kim it's Kevin that says um, not Kevin McAllister um, <laughs> it, it's it, it's Kevin that says oh is 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 that a chimpanzee yeah yeah, yeah. it's like oh no uh, we think that might be like it's ironic because uh, he eats a banana yeah 
Yeah, but the way Finds yeah, monkey. But again, that, gets, that's what I mean. Like, the I'm cracking he this case. He looks unhuman. Yeah, yeah. He gets like his humanity has been taken away from him. Yeah. And again, you have that, yeah, as Andrew pointed out, the stinky bug, because they're they're like cockroaches. They're, they're you know, leave the thing open and we're practically fumigated out mm. of there. And they are drowned, like later on in the movie, like they're drowned in there and yeah. floating in sewage. The point at which the toilet... And again, this is one of those great cuts. I love how well the climax is cut, because you get the, the cutting of the maid vomiting into the toilet in the underground bunker, yeah. cut against the, the crap flushing yeah. up through the kind of toilet in the kind of... And again, I, the I love that scene as well, because you have the same of like or this kind of um uh like um uh, just fucking um waste isn't it waste yeah yeah the, all, the like just a slurry coming out of everywhere yeah. and meanwhile she's like concussed and vomiting and the the daughter is like smoking a cigarette by the way inappropriate smoking yeah, yeah. around that much methane <laughs> yeah. probably, um, not, a good probably idea. not a good idea probably not the most hygienic smoke she's ever gonna have <laughs> she's also she's also smoking yeah, she's in now, the fine. um in the kind of internet cafe or the kind of yeah. office uh where she's told not to smoke yeah Bring it back a, a I love the, I two fifty trope. I love the idea that you know he stabbed him her right in sort of the the lung cancer tumor that was developing, and the doctor's like, hey, actually that was actually a really good <laughs> surgical. Uh, but no, um, <laughs> that is not what happened. Um, but it, no. it, it is, yeah. That stuff is kind of, and it's worth noting as well that while that's happening, you have again that bringing it back to the point we talked about with Graham earlier, we were saying about like people working together. As they're running down the street, like Mister Kim is like running back to the house. You have somebody struggling to help his family out of the sewer and he's being he's saying help me help me help me and he's being ignored because everybody else has to worry about yeah. their own problem everybody else has their own urgent things to worry about so there's no out of the bike yeah, yeah there's no sense of solidarity there yeah and um which is understandable yeah, like yeah. again under those pressure those conditions but it's still depressing Sad. and bleak and I don't know if this was intended as well, but kind of adding to the whole sort of like broken society, I got the sense that the um, uh, when he wakes up in a hospital, that there are people who have kind of catch me if you can into into, <laughs> in, into being doctors yeah. and, and, and detectives. And cops, yeah. yeah, it doesn't look like a cop because the real cops are pretending to be chicken shop. <laughs> <laughs> owners yeah. and, and it's all looping together yeah yeah so everyone is pretending to kind of like do their kind of part in society but nobody it's actually is actually doing, doing, doing it. I love the bit where it's like do I, doing. do I have to Mirandize there, him there, again there was, a, there was a surrealness in that, in that scene in the party that I just I found fascinating just the fact that no one was trying to help them each other everyone had everyone was out for themselves oh yeah when she stabbed park, everybody runs between the park family between the poor family between what I found hilarious was, uh, oddly hilarious was, um, Kevin got like you know sm- sm- like smashed in the head twice, and when he did, um, the daughter saves him. Like she saves she him. She carries him. On she her back. carries him. But uh, what was so surprising was like, wow! I did not think she had the up. She had the upper body strength to carry a guy who is a head, a, a, like a, a head and shoulders above her, and she's carrying him. Graham, when you can't afford point. food, you're quite light. Hmm? When you can't afford food, you're probably quite light yeah. to carry. I just found it like a fascinating image. Yeah, no, it's a great image. To see her like this, like, uh, and just like carrying him. I don't know why I did that. Uh, this is not a visual this medium. This is going to imagine Graham. Graham yeah. is either carrying two large carpets or yes, he's or, doing a monkey okay, impression. Or, or, or it's like, <laughs> it is a monkey impression. Thank you. That is what it is. Um, or, or like, you know, like, it's, it's, it just, it was such a weird, a weird scene because no one was thinking about others. Everyone was just like thinking about me or the, my immediate family. And it's just 
it's 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 interesting, it's fascinating, and it's also worrying because that is probably what would happen in a real life scenario. Well, no, I mean yeah. that's that's the entire point of the film is that there is like society is a lie, Graham. Yeah, um, yeah, but it, that's and I mean like you have them even rehearsing their roles, which again I love that. Scene. Oh, you yeah, loved, you loved the really rehearsing adore, scene. I adored the sequence where they were like trying to get them yeah. being fired with the TV. No, 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 dad, 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 you're coming in too hot. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. Take here. your emotions. You're up here right now. Take you're up here right now. I need you here. So. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Parasite? Anything that we haven't discussed already? Anything jumping out at people? Actually, right now, I can't stop thinking. Was Dyson actually understanding the Morse codes? And is that why he was so messed up? The lights have been sending me messages. <laughs> well, I mean, if you From the to... ghost in the house! It would be really strange if there were, like, ghosts in this house right now. Yeah. <laughs> it would be very, very yeah. strange. Um, but yeah, no, and I, do, I, I think yeah. it's heavily implied. Again, this gets back to the whole idea that there's a difference between the two because they do linger on the shot of him staring at the yeah, light, light flickering and, he spells and he's it out. watching it but he spells yeah. it as well it yeah. says help me yeah oh no he showing does. that is that a sign language that is a morse code not great yeah, I mean is it morse code or is it your man downstairs he's like, using his sure forehead where, oh, at that yeah, point I'm not sure where the point originates where the flaw originates in the system. but I think that's that's the case and I think yeah. it's it's also the fact that they are inattentive to him as well like I mean I think it's like again the family the, the Park family has no, has no coherence as a unit they're completely kind of divorced from one another there's no sense of like mm. existing as actual people existing sorry existing as a family they're all just so unaware and so oblivious. Yeah, we can't blame Honey too much either. I, I call that character Honey, uh, but uh, we can't blame him too much. So I find when when you're operating the guy, a light the switch, underneath the thing, the oh, yeah, honey, yeah, honey. Yeah. Trying to trying to do Morse code use, using your head on a switch, you get worse at it the more it goes on. <laughs> that is fair. Um, so, and yeah. blood as well. Yeah. And, and I really like that, and now we're calling him Honey. I really like that he's kind of like internalized his position within the kind of family hierarchy, where it's like, Mr. Park provides light and heat. Mm. All I can do is hope to serve him, uh, which is kind of a sense of how far he's gone, but also how he's kind of yeah. internalized the kind of class dynamics that yeah. exists. Like, it's quite a nice toilet for a basement. <laughs> Mr. Park is really looking out for... For, for those people yeah, under yeah. him in a very really? literal sense. Um, but yeah, so I think that about wraps it up unless there's anything else we'd like to talk about. Anything that we haven't I, discussed already. I do like that it, this kind of supports my theory of the police not actually being the police. Is the, the Oh, you mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> do I have to Mirandize him again? No, but, but, but even, thing? even oh. back in the house, it seems like forensics found blood, uh, bloody, bloody hand and footprints kind of... Leading to the basement, but that turned out to be a dead end. Yeah. There were a whole lot of like bloody handprints on, on the on, side of the on, cabinet. On the side of this cabinet here, but it's just a cabinet. <laughs> like no, Maybe they no, stopped. no no hatch here. But to be fair, the guy obviously went downstairs, stopped, had some pickles. He threw the jar down and then went back oh, upstairs. That's okay. clearly what happened, oh, okay. guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No need to investigate further or look at the plans of the building. Well, I suppose you find you like find the architect is not dead. You find <laughs> you find a bloody pool. So it's like um, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, being a nice guy, went down to get some pickles. Yeah. And this uh, homeless man just came. Materialized out of nowhere with a big stone. That's like, what obviously That's what they thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Case closed. Oh, yeah. They, book them away, just, toys. What is you say, chief? I, I love the idea that we're going to get like a, a sort of a Bong style memories of a murder version yeah. of this because obviously mem memories of a murder is based on a real case uh, as well interesting enough so yeah so I think that about wraps it up unless there's anything else anybody wants to talk about I'm good no 
All right, then. So, before we wrap up, um, we normally ask guests to recommend something, something they've enjoyed in, in recent weeks, recent months, something they maybe like to point listeners towards. It could be something related to this movie. It could be something unrelated to this movie. It could be anything at all. So, I'm going to start with Andrew. Just, uh, just off the top of my head, uh, um, uh, Conan Needs a Friend. It's sometimes good, it's sometimes bad. It's very much kind of one of those um, interview podcast shows where the uh, interviewer b- becomes um, perhaps annoyingly kind of part of the... Oh, involved. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think the more the more you kind of follow the show, the, it, bec- it it kind of almost becomes a, a, a bit. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I think, part of, of kind of Conan's persona is that he, he he's... Um, like kind of making fun of his whole kind of um, uh, uh, occasionally kind of mega maniacal sort yeah. of ho- host yeah. um, kind of role. Role, yeah, 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 and and um, and even kind of his relationship as host. But I was listening to him interview Neil Young um, uh, today, and ostensibly he's interviewing them because he wants to be their friend, <laughs> which 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 made me think about what podcasts are for. Which is having friends. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Aww. That's probably actually a really nice New Year's sentiment because this will be our New Year's, New Year's podcast. Um, and Graham, would you like to write on anything for this news? Uh, I'm currently listening to The Adventure Zone. Uh, they are a group of brothers and their father who uh, roleplay Dungeons and Dragons. And it's absolutely hilarious. They are just, they're a great com- comedic uh, foursome. And I've been listening to it now for a couple of weeks and it's just, it's brilliant. It's, there's a ton of, there's a huge backlog, back uh, catalog that I had to get through before you're up to date. They release this on, on a bi-weekly uh, kind of stuff. And if there's anything else I can recommend, uh, 1917. Uh, the movie, which will be releasing movie. actually around the time we're releasing this podcast. Excellent. So it'll be in cinemas. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, Color Out of Space by Richard Stanley. Uh, yes, it stars so. Nicolas Cage. And it is a Cthulhu. It, it's, 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 sorry, it's a Lovecraftian tale. And it is one of the weirdest, most fascinating films that I've seen in a very long time. I, so those are kind of like my two highlights. And I'd, I'd recommend those as well. I quite mm-hmm. like 1917. I also really like oh, Color yeah, Out of Space. 1917 is wonderful. Um, I, it, was, it was a lot for me to take in. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. I don't. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. uh, uh, and Breed. That is not good. Um, it's been surprisingly good for book adaptations. I'm extremely critical of um, people taking books and putting them on screen. But um, both His Dark Materials and we've watched the preview of The Witcher, which this is airing at this, New yeah, Year's. So we can say this safely. Yeah. Um, which are both proved very impressive. Yeah. I thought Little Women looked fantastic. Little Women's quite good. Yeah. Is it good? It's quite good, yeah. It's incredibly it's charming. Into, it's not into Little Women. No, no. There's, there's a, a long thing. and complicated long story, complicated story, story behind, behind that, that, and that's for another it's day. Really <laughs> oh no! Well, <laughs> kind of, speaking of kind of adaptations, adaptations and yeah, kind of yeah. being the season, although it's not necessarily a, a usually faithful adaptation, which is okay. interesting. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes the faithful adaptations are the worst movies. Yes, that's it exactly. You don't want to be too savage. Yeah, you have to, to make the right adaptations. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a balance. Um, and just quickly in terms of stuff, because I was rather mean to Burning uh, earlier on. Um, <laughs> I recommend some East Asian cinema. I quite liked, um, I quite liked, sorry, I quite liked The Crossing, which is a Chinese film. It's about a, a young woman who's studying, sorry, who's uh, smuggling iPhones from Hong Kong into the mainland. It's very worth seeking out. And I also recommend uh, Ash's Purest White, which is another Chinese mm. film. So again, we're going East Asian, not Korean. But I really, really love that movie. Yeah. And I think it's very worth seeking out as well. Um, so yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, but if people want a bit more Graham or Breed in their lives, where can they find you guys online? You will never find yeah, me. Yeah, you'll never find me. <laughs> okay. 
Um, He'll find you. (laughs) You'll find him very easily. Find me. Uh, Game Air is my gaming website. I'm on sconon.com as the uh, chief reviewer, I've been told. Uh, <laughs> uh, replacing previous re- record yeah, holder Phil I can't remember his name um, how are you Phil? yeah that's the one <laughs> uh, I also um, run a podcast myself um, called Speaking Geek which I just talk about like crap uh, I have an upcoming guest actually uh, Sean Chiplock who does a ton of voiceover work a lot of people might know him from um, the Trails of Cold Steel games uh, which are absolutely brilliant JRPGs and uh, I'm on Twitter as Graham Geek Era. Right. Yeah. Cool. And Andrew, we still can't find you online. You can't find me. Okay. Um, the gingerbread <laughs> man. <laughs> um, you can follow the podcast at, at the 250. Uh, we're available online, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever good podcasts are found. Our SoundCloud is also available. But although, to be honest, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a very good chance you may already have found this podcast. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Graham will be joining us again, which is fantastic. We're really excited about this to discuss Aladdin. Oh yeah, which was originally planned for this slot before we had a new entry on the list. So we're very, very excited to be able to talk about yeah. that. Oh, Graham spoiler, doesn't sound spo- very excited no, 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 about. Spoiler alert: Mahmoud Massad cannot get any work. Yes, yeah. there is some additional contacts, unfortunately. Yeah. For that. Also, he hasn't got- had a single audition yeah, since starring audition in a billion-dollar movie. No. And the actor who played the prince is getting his own spin-off. He's getting his own spin-off. Billy uh, Magnuson. There's, yeah. there's going to be more Disney movies from that part of the world because Disney recently bought the um, the rights to the Bible. So um, <laughs> uh, they figure it's a very popular book. Um, like a, a, it's a, a lot of, one. I mean, like, a lot of existing fans. It's, it's America's most popular book outside of Gone with the Wind. Oh, ahead yeah. of Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind is second. It's it, it, and people think it could be better than their, their well, I mean, like. Uh, and you know what's great is Andrew's joking about this. Bigger than Star Wars. This. Andrew's joking about this, but um, they're Give like it time. The, as we're recording this, bon, as like, Disney have joked about buying bonds. Yeah, Bob Iger casually came out. Came out. Came out di- uh, I guess in December and said he wants Bond he yeah. says like wouldn't it be great to have Bond like he literally just said that and people just went please don't buy Bond please don't buy Bond but it's strange because buying Bonds is always a good option uh, anyway we'll be back next week take it easy this bye. is not investment advice <laughs>